Hello, beautiful people. It is Monday, June 20th, 2022, and I hope your weekend was fantastic. This show starts now. Yeah, uh, that's right. No, no, the show starts now. Yeah, that thing ended last week. We will not carry it into another one, but there is some things that we need to let's ride into. Uh, we have big guests today. Sham Sharania will be joining us in about 17 minutes. He broke the news that the Kyler or Kyrie Irving uh, and Brooklyn Nets conversations are at impasse. I-M-P-A-S-S-E, which we all had to Google what that meant. I guess they are at a complete standstill because one side won't agree with the other side on something. So is Kyrie going to be going into the open market, and what does that mean? Who knows? We'll ask Sham Sharani in about 16 minutes. Darius Butler will join us in the second hour to talk about a lot of things, but most importantly, Bart Scott's comments about Peyton Manning being much more scary to defend than Tom Brady. I watched this morning on Get Up. They had Dominique Foxworth on there to uh, answer the question. Dominique said, well, Peyton changes the plays, you know what I mean? Tim Hasselbeck, former NFL guy quarterback, mm. he gives his entire your answer on why probably what Bart Scott just said makes a lot of sense. And then Jeremy Fowler said, you know, oh, that the people now. he talked to. <laughs> it was an interesting thing, but it has spurred quite a conversation because everybody knows that Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, obviously for this era are the two goats. Mm -hmm. Tom Brady has all the rings. Peyton was able to catch up by going to Denver and win another one. Has all the stats and the way he plays vastly different than how Tom Brady plays. So that conversation is always going to do well. Just like Jordan and Braun. So we will certainly ask Darius Butler. And the question being phrased, who's more scary to defend? Ooh. How will Darius Butler respond? Who knows? A.J. Hawk will also be with us and then in the third hour first time ever on this show okay first time guest first, first time. time ever Josina Anderson. Oh, Here we go. Formerly of ESPN, now at CBS. Obviously an insider of sources uh, to all the sources. Cannot wait to chat with her and see what's going on in the world. Today's like the first day of actual summer for the entire NFL. Where are we headed? Hopefully Josina will give us an update. Also, we'll have incredible conversations with the talks table at Ty Schmidt. How was the weekend? It was great. Weather was very nice, which, you know, I mean, it, that was nice. No rain, anything like that. We had great golf, you know, so although the NFL is going away, the golf kind and, uh, you know, kept me uh, going through Father's Day. It was a great weekend. Nothing to complain about. Last Father's Day for you. Yes. Wow. Yeah? Yeah. So, huh? Yeah, it was kind of, you know. Did you think about that? Yeah, definitely. I thought there was a chance she was going to come on Father's Day, and it'd be kind of like, uh, you know, I'd be able to actually celebrate. But, yeah, it, it was. Wow, it, it was what nice. a wild. You wake up Father's Day. Hey, just got Murph. Uh, dog dad. Mm -hmm. Hey, happy Father's Day to everybody else. You go to sleep Father's Day. Hey, everybody needs to start. Happy yeah. Father's Day to me. Excuse me. That's right. Excuse That's me. Right. I sent a lot out. Mm -hmm. they, they, a lot needs to come back. That's right. That would have been a great tale, but also I'm happy that, you know, uh, she'll get her own celebration. Right? Yeah, that's right. Uh, that's at right. Boston Connor, I saw you building some chemistry with Bago just a couple weeks out from Tahoe. Uh, how was your weekend, pal? Did you get? To, did you hit the swing the sticks at all? Or? Uh, I didn't swing the sticks A lot of booze. A lot of booze. Yeah, just booze and kind of <laughs> sure. working on the walking, to be honest with you. Really trying to get ready for Tahoe. But yeah, I took Bago out on the town on Saturday. We had a great day together. Uh, but no, it's fantastic. Weekend. Saw your full conversations with Bago, expecting a response. Bago, yet to say anything back. Well, I, you know, Bago, by the way, is the bag that we'll be using in Tahoe for the golf tourney, the right. American Century Championship. Yeah. Connor will be the caddy. He's trying to learn as much about this bag as possible. Yeah, and you know, Bago doesn't respond, you know, verbally, but we communicate in different ways. He's a big body language guy. That's kind of more how he talks to me. But you know, not everybody can get that because we have chemistry. I know? had no idea that that bag gender identified as a he. Have yeah. to find that yeah. out. Cool. 
cool. I had no clue what was going to go on. I do appreciate how serious you were taking this caddy role for Tahoe, though. Yeah, let's go. After seeing you know the golf this weekend, like Ty mentioned too, it's a big role. I'm, I'm hoping to be kissing that flag on Sunday. Yeah, hopefully you're not living the same life as Billy Foster, a man who's oh, been waiting 40 yeah. years. Yikes! Hoist that one. What an incredible caddy existence he has had. What a weekend it was for not only him but Matt Fitzpatrick. The Brit was hit. Beautiful ball out of this. Beautiful. We'll dive all the way into that. At Tone Diggs, I know you weren't in Indianapolis this weekend. No. How was it, pal? I uh, went back to Pittsburgh for a wedding, did uh, breakfast with uh, Coach this weekend, oh. celebrate Father's Day. <clears throat> it was pretty good. It's a pretty good weekend. Jesus. I did notice, though, yeah, right? that. Uh, <laughs> what? Okay, Tone. I think, like, in the NBA, people would be like, test that guy. You got a frog in your throat. <laughs> yeah, they were like, test that guy for COVID. Yeah. I think that's what is. other teams would be saying. Yeah. Listen. Nobody's tested anymore, but mm -hmm. are you okay? Yeah, is everything fine. all right? Yeah. First sentence of the day out the gates, thought you almost died on your own words. Well, there. I've been out of, uh, what's it called, allergy medicine for like the last week. Ah. I, normally, I normally take one every night so that it doesn't drain down my throat every single night, but that has not been the case as of recently, so I've been dealing with a lot of congestion. Well, you did have a little drip voice there at the beginning of this whole thing, but how was the weekend? The weekend it, was good. It was great, and I did notice that this table, uh -huh. toxic table, Scumbags that they are didn't ask you how you're. Oh, Jesus! Oh, Tony, real special. Jesus, your weekend special. Thank you for asking. Thank you. I mean, they didn't. So what an absolute Some hero people. this guy is. Yeah, what a guy. We how was had, your weekend? Yeah, thank you. Oh, now oh, oh, you guys are oh, jumping on my back. That is awesome. That, is, that was amazing. Should have expected such a thing. Should have. Literally, before we went live, I said, hey, don't ask me how I'm doing. Let's just move the conversation to the very end. Ask me how I'm doing. Tony Diggs uses it to his advantage. Yeah. That is amazing. Genius. Uh, weekend was great. Thank you for asking, Tone. Yeah, you guys. Uh, weekend was great. The weather was perfect. It was. Yeah. Wasn't too hot. Wasn't too cold. After that humidity that came through and kind of bumfucked all of us last mm -hmm. week. I mean, it was like 105, 110. Mm -hmm. Shoot. Uh, shoot temp, yeah. let alone with the humidity on top of it. So I thought the weekend was going to be a full nightmare, but it was magical. Got a chance to see Tim McAfee in his domain mm. on a boat. Nice. You know what I mean? He was cruising the lake out there. Just him, his peacock that he got. We got him a uh, captain's hat for mm -hmm. Father's Ooh. Day, obviously. Love so that. he'll probably wear that down here with his dress blues. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, today, but he, he just him on that boat. He's much more comfortable than he was a couple like weeks ago. Whenever he just got into the boating game, had some good food, had some good stuff like that. Uh, it was a fantastic weekend. And actually, got a chance to watch a movie, which le which leads us to the second ever segment of uh, McPhee Movie Review Monday. Yeah. Here we go. So. Uh, I know we're a sports show, and we'll definitely dive into that, especially in about 10 minutes with Sean Sharania, who broke the news about Kyrie Irving probably not being with the Brooklyn Nets next year. And there's other NFL stuff, I guess, that happened, but we'll talk mostly with Josine in a couple hours with that because she has all the insider and AJ. But the movie that was chosen this past weekend for the reviews here was uh, Casino and Armageddon. Okay. Yes. Didn't get to Armageddon. Okay, so, sure, fair. Sorry about it. Did not get to it. Casino, though, Titanic-length film. Very long. Diesel. I mean, that is a long Diesel. film. Yeah. There's a couple different times whenever I had to pause it because I had to go piss. My wife and I said, how much time's left? An hour and a half is left. Oh, uh -huh. yeah. Holy shit. This <laughs> is a long one. Then we thought we did a little bit of a battle. Boom. You got 50 minutes still left in this whole thing. And there was numerous times where I thought I could bow out and probably get it. I get it. I get it. But it kept my attention for three hours. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was a pretty good movie. Had everything that I would like in it. Casinos, sure, obviously. Right. 
mafia, uh, brutal murders. Yeah. Yes. Just brutal mur- baseball bats to faces oh, and stuff. Very brutal. I mean, they were going at, at one point, Nikki actually shot. I think a woman in the head, his nipple in the head, and his arm in the head. Yeah. Uh-huh. If it was an actual gun, right? Boom, boom, boom. Got to die. Mm-hmm. Sorry about it. Did the whole thing. Um, overall, liked the movie. Okay. Yeah. Liked the movie. There was a moment where he was sitting like this, where he had both of his pinkies up, by yep, the way. Sure. And one of them had a ring on. I appreciated that. Uh, I really did appreciate that. His wardrobe. Uh, his costumes were. Epic. Well, Rothstein's costumes were epic. Yeah. Nikki was a little bit of a loose cannon. Yeah, he a little was. bit. I, I think we all knew where that was headed as soon as Nikki moved out to the uh, <laughs> desert. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think we all, especially in the beginning where he was talking about, uh, you know, you got to dig before you kill the person, yeah. basically. Because right. right. if not, you're going to spend 30, 45 minutes out there digging before you even get there, and who knows who's going to show up. So I think we kind of got it. We kind of got the points. Obviously, at the beginning, you see the the thing blow up. That was a little bit... Of, I thought he was dead. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was how he died. Turns out, it was not how he died. No, no. Uh, but the whole ginger thing, okay. you know, kind of made me think, oh, this guy's a stitch. Like, uh, mm. you know... Wedding day, that phone call with Lester, the guy. Yeah. Like, fucking need to end it now. Yeah, what, are we, what are we doing right now? Then there was numerous other times where I'm like, what is Ace doing? Oh, yeah. This guy runs an entire $100 million casino. He's fucking out there doing this whole thing. Obviously, doesn't have a license. That, yeah. <laughs> no spoilers. That's going to come back and bite him in the ass. <laughs> yeah, Not right. having, I never would have guessed, by the way, that if you had success, that type of little thing would really fuck you over, especially if you're firing one of the local's kids. Yeah, can't have, uh, can't have that. Can't, you got to play ball with some people. Yeah. You just, it's just the way it has to go. That's right. So all in all, good movie. A lot of it, though, I was just like, can't have it, dude. Come on. Fucking come on. Them telling me it's based on a true story, that felt good. Yeah. yeah Nikki kind of fucking, uh, you know, ginger on the side there in the middle of a trailer. Yeah. Interesting, fascinating situation. Mm-hmm. Um, overall, good movie. Not a perfect movie. Not better than Goodfellas. No, okay. definitely not. So I had a lot of people texting me that are tweeting me that they thought it was better than Goodfellas. I did not think that was the case. Nope. But I enjoy Casino a lot. But it has, and it has, it is some one movie on the list of, for your point, Oh nine percent, point nine percent that you have to watch. Oh one percent, yeah. The yeah. the good math there. The we're figuring it out. I was actually getting more Italian while you were talking. Exactly. Um, yeah, that's just kind of a part of the whole. Hey, Italians, we're mafia people. We do mafia stuff all over the place. Right. Learned a lot about Kansas City, Detroit, yep. and other cities. I did not know Kansas City had such a, you know. Oh, Italian yeah. contingency. Yeah. Oh, the yeah. monsters. That was the closest they could get to Vegas without getting arrested or whatever. And then I enjoyed him talking about how back at home I'm getting crucified for doing this. Mm-hmm. Here I'm getting awards and giving speeches. That's kind of how I think a lot of potheads have felt whenever they're smoking <laughs> in a in a state where it's not legal and sure. it's like they're scared to death to drive everywhere or go anywhere if they have anything on them. And then get in these states where it's legal and you got a little Tesla pulling up to you with a bag that's like leather, like, here's your weed, sir. <laughs> mm-hmm. It is just it's a it's a crazy part of time there so i could relate to that was that critically acclaimed is that like a movie people think are very very is very very good scorsese on the flick yeah exactly so yeah it is critically acclaimed but it wasn't i mean to your point like it kind of it didn't really do as good as like because this was like three years after goodfellas came out maybe five years so they they kind of just ran it back a lot of the same characters wasn't as critically acclaimed but i think in the long run like it's a cult classic for sure but it's 95 95 yeah 
There was so as soon as we seen it, it was uh, from 1995. I automatically assumed I'm not gonna make it through this. <laughs> uh-huh. This one's gonna put me to bed. And I'm lucky I didn't even look at the time at yeah. the beginning of the oh, movie. Two fifty-seven. I'm gonna start doing that, I think, and that's probably yeah, gonna probably scare should. me away from a lot of movies. And I feel like some of these movie reviews on these Mondays before football starts are gonna have a lot of them be like, "I didn't make it through the movie." Yeah, I couldn't make it through the movie. I was impressed that you did. Three hours, a long time. Long. Time. See, I think that's a testament to the movie because if. If it stinks, like completely stinks, there's no way you're throwing away two hours and 57 minutes. What's I, this guy letting Ginger fucking come on in? Bad news. Could have had anybody. Yeah. Could have done anything you wanted. 43 years old, he said, I want to go ahead and do this. Now you already waited 40-some years, dude. I mean, yeah. keep on waiting. I guess what? the heart wants what it can't have. Fucking Lester, though. I know. That guy, I know. That stinks. guy stinks. He, was he does. He does. That guy, he was a pedophile, too, I believe. She oh, was yeah. dating him since she was yeah, 14. Yeah, when she was uh-huh. young, yeah. Really blow in front of her kid? I mean, what are we well, doing he can't here? Get Amy out of there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what, we, what, what is Ace doing? That, so his heart, I think that's one of the things yeah. where it was just like in that uh, Super Duper Sandy Gems thing. Sure, uncut, uncut gems. gems. Uncut gems. Yeah, mm-hmm. that thing. I couldn't. I had no feeling for the fucking guy because mm-hmm. numerous times he could have cashed yep. out and caught up. This is kind of the same thing with uh, me watching Old Ace. Numerous times he could have fucking gone oh, yeah. out and saved himself from everything. So it's hard for me to really fall in love and, and be like, "Oh yeah, man, this stinks. This is happening for you." On the complete opposite, I'm watching like. You fucking deserve it, Bob. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's kind of a difficult feeling for me. I'm not sure I'm going to be able to have that. But if I would have cared about him, which I don't know if anybody does, which is tough, by the way. Mm-hmm. The only people that liked him was the people he was just giving money to. Right. And the people that were skimming a squint, uh, skim, I mean, that was yeah. <laughs> quite a little operation. Yeah. Bad news. How nice with that suitcase just showing up oh. every single week after yeah. me, though. Some of that stuff, though, about how like things used to go in Vegas, like when they find the guys counting cards and they go back and he breaks his hand with the hammer and like stuff like that, that a thousand percent was happening back then. Like yeah. it, it is cool to see that. Oh, which hand do you shuffle with? And the guy said, uh, yeah. guy said, my right hand. You can't shuffle with your left hand, only, your right, only my right hand. Yeah. And I, he thought he was giving information away like, hey, if I'm ever in here, this is what I'm doing or not cheating or anything. Mm-hmm. Instead, it was immediate. Yeah. Hi-ya! Hi-ya! How about the nerd that was actually doing the betting? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Getting called back there. You want to take the hammer and the money, or do you just want to yeah. walk out of your no hammer? Uh, no hammer would be great. <laughs> guy had a couple hundred thousand dollars. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I wonder what that other guy learned about that guy. Hey, you just let me get my hand busted for literally zero dollars because you wouldn't get your hand busted. I assume there was a little bit of a fallout between those two after they left. I think safe to assume. Safe to assume. You enjoy Bob's performance? De Niro? It, yeah, I think so. He's awesome. He is. He's the uh, ace, right? Yeah, yeah right. Pesci, yeah. too. Yeah. Pesci hysterical. So mm-hmm. funny. He's this tall, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he is the enforcer in every Italian movie. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. Pretty much. He, is that? Well, until, you know, he don't shine shoes no more. And... Yeah. Well, he ended up in a ditch in this one, too. No <laughs> he did, yeah. Alive. They buried him alive. Yeah. Him and his brother. Same grave. Oh. Uh-huh. Yeah. By the way, good acting on the first guy. Good sell mm-hmm. into the fucking, into the hole. Yeah. yeah. It was a great sell. He... he he, it was a little bit of a rim job mm-hmm. around the hole he fell in there. And then all of a sudden he was flat. They were both alive while they buried him. Overall, give it a nice, I don't know, 7 out of 10. Okay. Okay. There you go. That's there good. Go. That's nice. Huh? There you go. Oh, Pesci going from that to home alone. I didn't know he had that range. So range, he's just another fucking bad guy. Yeah. yeah. But still, a lot of cuts. Rumor, lot of yeah, cuts. rumor yeah. has it it was yeah. actually very difficult for him to go from that to Home Alone because he kept saying fuck. And they're like, hey, Joe's PG. You can't, okay. you can't say fuck every day. You see that little Macaulay Culkin little yeah. fuck over there? They right. should release the, the non-edited version oh. with the fuck. I believe they did like a three-minute clip, and it was super funny. 
if I remember correctly. He was quite a little swindler, that guy. He had a little operation going. All the boys went down, I guess. Mm -hmm. That's It is thinking back in time how people could get away with whatever. There were some things that took place, and you think back, like, how could they have done that? And then it was like, oh, because there's no technology. Yeah, they, at all. They could do whatever the fuck they want. How about whenever he was in, like, four or five different cars, six different cars, mm -hmm. and they, like, they lost them or whatever? Nowadays, they would just have something tracking on every... Hey, boom, here he is. He's literally right here. And now... It's a much different world, but I enjoyed it. Mac, uh, another movie review Monday come to a complete. Uh, oh, thank you all so much. We got to figure out what I'm watching next weekend. Yep. Maybe Armageddon. With the wife. Uh, yeah, maybe. Maybe Armageddon. It's not a long one. That's not a long yeah, one. A lot I think of we, action. we might, might want to find like an hour and a half sweet spot for you. Yeah. You see John Wick? <laughs> Have you seen oh, John Wick? Okay. I think John Wick would be a good one. Yeah. Okay. We're watching John Wick. There we go. There's That's a few a good of those, one. too. There's numerous Johns, right? Yeah, yeah there is. Right now. Which one's the one am I watching? The first one. Yeah. It's about it's 90 one. minutes. Keanu kills about 180 guys in it, and it is balls to the walls from the get-go. <laughs> so okay. good. Yeah. So that's, that's John Wick 1. Yes. yes. Just John Wick is what it's and called. And this is on Prime? Uh, it's, it's on one of the streaming services for that sure. That has become an entire thing now, too. <laughs> I didn't want to subscribe to Stars. Casinos on Stars. I, yeah, Hulu. I, same, two, I had to do the same thing. Two ninety nine a month. Uh, it was not on Hulu. No? No, it was not oh, on Hulu. Oh, John Wick is on... Oh, I thought it was on Netflix. So not it? in this country. HBO. John Wick? I thought John Wick it's was on It's definitely on one of the... We'll figure it out. It's I don't know, but Stars on. almost got me last night uh, with a two ninety nine. I'm like, no, actually, not doing it. <laughs> I'm not. How about that? Because I'm only here for fucking casino. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not here for anything else. And they're just going to slip that two ninety nine oh, in yeah. every single month. Boom. And I said, not today. Mm -hmm. I'll pay three ninety nine to rent casino right fucking now. I was going to say, that's the move is just going on Apple and searching it. And you can just, any of these older movies, you can rent them for two ninety nine. One watch. Boom. You're done. Don't have to worry about recurring payments. Yeah, it was the right move. Mm -hmm. I spent four bucks to save myself one buck. Next month, yeah. bingo, smart. You can rent uh, John Wick currently on Amazon for two ninety nine. Boom, that's what I'll do. Okay, you're gonna love it because everybody's already a Prime member because you know sure. my wife has bought something from there every day that that company has existed. <laughs> yeah, they do well. I'd say I got I got a package up every single day. Every day, you for you both. See, I never go on there. It seems like it's a never-ending gold mine, though, because there's just cardboard boxes oh, at God. my house. We have become a cardboard box factory over there. It is. I walk in, I'm Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> I had to get a second recycling bin. Like, from the city. I had so to call this is those. a standard thing oh, happening yeah. Oh, everywhere. Yes. Yeah, you should donate that cardboard to downtown. The bombs would love it. They'd put together a <laughs> penthouse out of it, probably. Maybe an umbrella to stay out of the heat. They just stay in the brick underneath the uh, the overpasses. Yeah, yeah. True, if but we could bind all of our cardboards from Amazon, they could probably build the Burj Khalifa. Yeah, Bur the, the Burj Khalifa. Oh yeah, I'll tell you what, the Burj Khalifa. <laughs> mm -hmm. That particular brand of bird, uh huh, it does put together quite a fucking. No, One hundred seventy stories. The highest, the highest Burj <laughs> Khalifa. That's right. That's right. Was it Burj Khalifa? I yeah. Mm -hmm. B i r j. I didn't want to B insult. B u r j. I think Burj Khalifa. Mm -hmm. Wiz. Wiz is the only Khalifa that I believe in. Believe in. That's right. Yeah. Bring us now with a beautiful fade on his hair in okay. a lineup on his beard. I'd assume. I haven't seen him, but I okay. would assume. Yeah. A man that's in the news breaking industry. He uses spoons for his scoops and forks for his oatmeal. Mm -hmm. NBA insider for the Athletic and Stadium, ladies and gentlemen, Sean Sharanya. Hey, 
What's up, dude? My beard lineup can be better, but you know, I'm I'm I just flew into New York, so I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to collect myself right now. Hey, why don't you go stop by Jalen Rose's barber? Isn't he in New yeah. York? I've seen him uh walking around New York. He is a top of the line guy. He he's a fucking artist with that thing. I think I like my barber better. I respect that. Okay, uh, let's dive into it. You broke some news this morning. Uh, you used a word that none of us knew what it meant until we all looked it up, but it doesn't sound great. Uh, Kyrie and the Brooklyn Nets are at impasse in conversations about his future in Brooklyn, clearing the way for seven-time All-Star to consider the open market. Lakers and Knicks expected to emerge among potential suitors. Okay, this is obviously top-of-the-line conversation in every sports show because it's Kyrie. This obviously involves Kevin Durant and potentially LeBron James, who he has been complimenting on podcasts in the past where's kevin what does this mean is this all a leverage play by Kyrie's people to have you leak this information or is this legitimately happened i thought he and kd were locked at the hip now um no this is there, there, there's no leverage play this is from multiple multiple sources on the situation from every single angle that you can think of but um you know okay. Kyrie irving after the net season ended he was very vocal as far as his his and desire, then desire being, you know, returning to Brooklyn, planning to be in Brooklyn. And he said, I believe a month before the season ended that I don't plan on leaving Kevin. You know, that's, I don't plan on leaving seven, I believe is what he said, meaning Kevin Durant. And, you know, those, those are two guys that signed with Brooklyn together in 2019. They've been attached as far as, you know, wanting to play with each other. And to my knowledge, that has not changed. Um, And, and, you know, sources tell me that that, still remains the goal at the end of the day is that you know Kyrie Irving has wanted to stay with the Nets and his goal has been to want to be with Kevin Durant and and that goal has not changed but as far as the conversations that have taken place so far in in the talks between um Kyrie Irving and the Nets and Nets officials and, and you know he's got a player option decision next week that he has to decide on but these are more conversations about in general, right? When you're talking about life, when you're talking, is this the right team for you moving forward in the future? Whether that's one year, two year, three year, four year, is this the right team? And the, both sides have reached an impasse in those conversations. And, and that has led, you know, multiple sources have told me that um, that has led a, a serious opening for him to hit the open market and possibly join a team such as the Lakers, the Knicks, the Clippers, um, you know, and, and find a home. At the end of the day, Kyrie Irving, his intent has been to find a home. And if he does not feel in and, – and if both sides, the Nets and Kyrie Irving, do not feel in their conversations that this is home for him, he needs he, – he is going to be a free agent and he will be, uh, you know, moving on. Come on to Indiana, Kyrie. Love to have you here. Uh, Impasse, uh, obviously the definition is a situation in which no progress is possible, especially because of disagreement or a deadlock. So this is like no progress is possible, which would mean you use that word on purpose, uh, which is you're an incredibly intelligent guy. So you're expecting next week that Kyrie will use his player option, be a free agent. Will Brooklyn still be in the picture in the NBA if he does that? Or do they still have the opportunity to negotiate? or is it just open bidding at that point and whatever the hell he wants to do and is it going to be 
Kyrie and LeBron back together, a little bit more mature. Kyrie said in that podcast, he said, if I knew what I knew now, that that would have ended much differently and they would have had a never-ending supply of titles or something like that. Is that all indications and all signs pointing to that maybe happening? Because that would be an explosion of news in the NBA world, right, Shams? Yeah, I mean, I I think Kyrie said it you know, openly as far as his public comments, you know, about LeBron and the leader that he views LeBron. And I think a lot has been made about their relationship, especially the way Kyrie Irving left the Nets. I mean, not the Nets, the the Cavaliers, the way that Kyrie Irving left the Cavs, as far as asking out and and ending up in Boston, there was a lot made about their relationship. But, um, you know, sources have told me that that was never a fractured relationship. That's always been a dialogue that has existed um, between those two. And so uh, that is, of course, going to be a factor in all of this. But overall, um, I mean, when you look at Kyrie Irving has until June 29th, so I believe that's next Wednesday, to make a decision on his $37 million player option. Now, he could opt out, and the, the problem with opting out is that if you end up with the Lakers, the Clippers, a team like that, they would not be able to do a sign and trade because of the hard cap. So there's in the hard, you know, a hard cap is a collective bargaining salary cap. Uh, situation that I'm not going to bore you guys with, but oh, essentially okay. the most likely path for him to end up with the Lakers or the Clippers would likely have to be an opt-in and trade, and that mm-hmm. obviously he would need the Nets. Nets, you know, they would Blessing. need to work together on this opt-in and trade. The Nets would have to receive something back as well in all this. So that is the likelier route. The other route could also be, you know, opting out and signing for less money. And we're talking about a guy in Kyrie Irving that did end up, um, you know, he. He left, I believe, around 18-ish, 20-ish million dollars on the table this year because of the vaccine mandate that I've discussed and we've discussed on this show at length over the course of the NBA season. Yeah, talk so about New there's, York, there's uh, been a proven track record yeah, right. of, of Kai making decisions based on what's best, what he feels is best for him, um, his values and his mindset, his family, um, you know, his personal choices. You know, I think the Nets were also delivered that message as far as and, – and they've seen it from him as far as he's going to make decisions based on – family based on inclusion um and clearly that just it doesn't seem like that's there right now you know in these conversations uh final question here and i can't thank you enough for joining us i know you're incredibly busy i saw you shoe off like four calls while you're giving us that answer um is this because are they at the impasse because of like you know he he didn't play and the narrative outside, especially if you listen to like Stephen A and others that are very deep in the NBA world. And I think very influential, this guy doesn't show up to work is what everybody, this guy chooses not to show up to work, doesn't show up to work in his mind. He's doing something vastly different, but at the end of the day, that is how it could be viewed by some people. Is that what the Nets are saying to Kyrie Irving? Is Kyrie feeling disrespected that that's being said to him? Is that why the impasse has taken place? Well, Sean Marks said after the net season ended that we want players that can be available. We want guys to be here full time. That is of the utmost concern. I mean, when you when you think about the the, the optics of of you know Kyrie, you know when that press conference was 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 done, you know it clear that there there were some intended you know messages being thrown out there, not just to Kyrie but the entire roster. Like the players we want on this team have to be available all the time, and obviously the one guy that there was proof of, like Kyrie Irving, missed pretty much half the season, more than half the season. Uh, I believe played in twenty six, twenty nine games. Uh, largely due to the inability to play at home because he did not comply with the vaccine mandate. And that was a decision that he made. And the Nets had at, at one point sent him away until he's a full-time player, then brought him back. 
Um, because at the end of the day, Kyrie Irving makes your basketball team better and you have a better chance at winning basketball games with Kyrie Irving on the floor than him not on the floor. But th- there's no question. I mean, the fact that Sean Marks had said that in the press conference, that that has, I mean, undoubtedly been, you know, part of all this is like availability, how much are you going to be available? All those, those are all concerns from, you know, when you, when you look at any team that would want to bring in a, a player that has missed uh, m- way more games than he's played the last three seasons. But, you know, that, that is definitely a conversation already. Hey, and I wonder, you know, I don't know Kyrie Irving personally, but just from watching as a fan, like if he feels disrespected by somebody, mm-hmm. I feel like there's potentially a, uh, hey, why don't you fuck off forever? Yeah. You know? Maybe. I'm not 100% sure. I can't wait to watch this unfold. If him and LeBron get back together and have success... It's going to be loud. Uh-huh. Oh, it's going to be awesome. We can't thank you enough for joining us on this busy, busy day in New York. Ladies and gentlemen, Sean Sharani. Thank you, Valerie. He's certainly at fuck you. That's yeah, the impasse. Definitely. Oh, yeah. Whenever he uses the word impasse and then we read the definition, there's a reason. No progress is possible mm-hmm. is the first sentence of the definition of impasse which we didn't even know how to pronounce. No. But Shams did. A situation in which no progress is possible. So he's out next week. Yeah. yeah. This is going, hey, good for us. Mm-hmm. This yeah, is good news for us. Yeah. Absolutely. Just as people that cover sports on a yeah, daily basis. Sure. But that is massive news. Where will he end up? Who knows? Well, that's what he's like talking about LA. And like, I think everyone wants to just assume and it sounds awesome. Like, oh, Kyrie and LeBron back together. But like, what can they get outside of, I think we? it's very clear, like Kyrie is not going to take He's not going to sign somewhere else and just like take less money. Like he's in the, his prime right now. He just lost like thirty million dollars last year. Like he's not just going to go somewhere and take less money. Like what can the Lakers actually offer to like have that be a fair trade? Like maybe Westbrook, but outside of that, it's like they don't have the pieces. For Kyrie's one of the best, like five, ten best players in the NBA. Like how does that make sense? I like what you just did there, by the way, because as you said, the top five player in the NBA. I was like, oh, that's going to be somebody's going to have a conversation with Ty about it. Then he dropped it down to ten. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I don't think anybody can argue that, right? No. I think everybody views that he's the top 10 player in the NBA mm-hmm. when he's playing, right? Right. Yeah, he's unbelievable. I do I do like the fact that we all just assume, though, that if he feels disrespected by somebody, ah, well, well, you can fuck off forever. Yeah. Fuck it, I'll leave. All right, I'm out of here. <laughs> well, it's but, kind of how it's been. Well, it is how it has been. But remember, he spoke about the situation with LeBron where he was like, if I was a little bit more mature, mm-hmm. I think I would have handled it differently. Now that guy's saying that, did that piss off uh, Kyrie? And will he in there just be like, yeah, that guy had to say what he had to say, right? Obviously, mm-hmm. the whole thing. Or will Kyrie continue to do, which I love, by the way. I would never be able to turn it off either. Okay. You have no idea what I had to this team. You actually told me I couldn't practice with you guys or play in the away mm-hmm. games. Mm-hmm. Not me. That was you guys. And remember, there was a time where he wasn't even able to practice. But, but, the overarching, arcing, arching, 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 arching. whatever. The overarching fact here is if he would have just got the shot like all of his other teammates, numerous of them that probably didn't want to do it, he would have been able to practice and they can hold that over his head uh, until literally until whenever and feel justified in it. That's that's just the fact of the matter of what they can do. Now, does that mean that that's why it's soiled and soured? Probably. Uh, But man, that would be awesome if he goes to. If he and LeBron are playing oh, together. Oh, yeah. God. And then Westbrook and Durant back together in Brooklyn would be pretty sweet. And I do wonder, like, do you think people in that building kind of see what Ben Simmons and why he didn't play? Almost look at Kyrie like, hey, if you just fucking play, James Harden would probably still be here. And we wouldn't have had to deal with this. Oh, ben yeah. Sure. There's a follow-up. Yeah. Like, there's yeah, a we got to deal with this guy that won't play ever. Yeah. yeah. 
and we're paying him a lot of money. A ton. What, Kyrie. If, what if Ben comes back next year and just Could. the guy? Massive chance. Is, but the East is very good. I feel like we hold on hope for people more than anybody we else. We do. Mm-hmm. I, will, I will say I, they, they might come back and just do it all. We say that about every NFL team going into the season. Yeah. Because there is a chance that a four-win <laughs> team that has Joey Burrow, a quarterback, goes from, you know, irrelevancy all the way into the Super Bowl and now building an indoor facility mm-hmm. to catch up with the rest of the NFL. That can happen in the NFL. But whenever we hold off hope on people, like Cam Newton, for instance, I feel like sure. we're one of the last people that are like, hey, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe. Everybody's like, nope. That is not the case at all. So maybe Ben Simmons comes back and learns how to shoot and play and everything like that, builds up a little bit of a callus so he plays whenever things aren't necessarily as serious. Or we learn more about the injuries that he has so we don't just automatically judge him for being a soft ass mm-hmm. bitch, which is yeah, kind of yeah. what everybody was doing. Mm-hmm. So I feel like we're on that side. But God damn, I thought KD and Kyrie were back all year next year, and I was excited to watch that. Yeah, because they're unbelievable together. Like, when they do play together, yes. it's uh, obviously they got swept by the Celtics, but that feel, felt like almost uh, because of the fact that he didn't play all year. All right, let's dive into some NFL news here, and this one comes from The Pivot. So The Pivot had Garrett Wilson, rookie quarter, or wide receiver um, out of Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Absolute stud of a player. Went 10th overall to the Jets. New York Jets. The New York football Jets, who had an incredible first round, mostly because they had more picks than everybody. Correct. Right. So they did get better we'll talk to Josina by the way who was in the Jets camp actually this weekend uh what she heard about mm-hmm. how all this is going Garrett Wilson was just introduced to what a rookie dinner is and it couldn't have came from a better group of dudes at the pivot they did tell me about the dinner I gotta take all the receivers to a dinner that's gonna be cool I'm excited for that it's not gonna be cool you know they're gonna run that bill up like 75,000 Oh, yeah, you, you mean like the, the, the Louis the 13th you're going to have to buy at the restaurant? I'm, nah, they ain't, they ain't doing it for 75K. I ain't going to fake it. No, no, no. It's the it rookie dinner. It's all of y'all. You the 10th pick of the draft, too. They know you got 20 guaranteed. Wait, what you say, rookie dinner? It's, he, thinks it, he thinks it's his decision. <laughs> it was so cute. It was so cute. Hey, hey listen. 75. Uh, that was awesome. Yeah. Absolutely awesome. Him learning about what a rookie dinner is. I can't believe this hasn't <laughs> happened uh, before in his life. Yeah, I get a chance to go eat with all of the wide receivers and all their friends and everything. That should, so that should be cool. No. no it's not going to be cool. <laughs> it's not gonna be, this thing's going to be terrible for you. I, you just need to enjoy and embrace what's about to happen. That feels like that is a tradition that's never going to go away in any sport. The rookie dinner that happens, especially if you're number 10 overall, uh-huh. to their point, mm-hmm. you're number 10, they know exactly how much you're getting guaranteed. They're going to run that up, especially some of the older guys, but who knows what's, who's all in the wide receiver. I guess Barrios yeah, uh, sure. will have to <laughs> run that thing up, but yeah. there is numerous stories about things happening. Louis Thirteenth is a type of whiskey, I think, or bourbon or whatever the fuck it is uh and it is like 500 bucks a shot Jesus. let alone like the the bottle and everything like that and there are stories of people you know taking their own bottles home mm-hmm. literally the third, oh can't open this one i'm taking this one home wine just abusing it entirely and it has to be it's a cognac it has to be an incredibly mm-hmm. uncomfortable night going into it i had one it was with matt stover uh justin snow and I don't believe Vinatieri was there. Mm. And they tried to buy a couple bottles of wine or what? Not tried. They bought a couple bottles of wine. It was only a few thousand dollars for me. I felt pumped. I was like, yep, you got it. I'm going to get out of here. <laughs> but there have been stories where guys have, um, you know, talked people into getting planes, flying to Vegas. What? Doing dinner there for a night and then flying back, you know, like hundreds of thousands of dollars. Some people have been forced. If you go with the... Um, like, if you're in a, a position group that has a lot of people, mm-hmm. 
you're fucked. Yeah. Like if a D lineman goes top five, oh. Oh, oh. it is a show out there. And then you get through that, hopefully, because then maybe in a couple of years, a rookie will have come and you can return the favor. But with most hazing things uh, kind of drifting away entirely from the game, mm-hmm. I've never really been around any hazing, by the way, just... Uh, I don't think it was everywhere in the NFL. But as hazing continues to drift away from sport, these rookie dinners will not. These these things will always be here. And I love that Garrett Wilson was just, that should be a fun time. <laughs> oh, they ain't going to get me for that. It's like, yeah, they will. They would just walk out of the restaurant. You would just be stuck there. What do you? That's a federal crime. Yeah, you don't clean your dishes all yeah, night. <laughs> you are in a bad, bad spot. Is there a chance it's not? A, so I looked. Corey Davis is the elder statesman in the wide receiver room, and he was the fifth overall pick for for Tennessee, and everyone else is young there. So maybe maybe it won't be as bad, or he, maybe he won't go as bad him because he was in that situation as a top 10 pick like i know what it was like yeah normally top 10 picks go the hardest on other people because what they had to do is Mm -hmm. a little bit of a get back there but it might be we might be coming into an age where people stop just yeah you know ruining people's bank accounts before (laughs) the season even starts maybe we are though go ahead zito Uh, i just looked up there's a restaurant in new york that's forty thousand dollars per bottle eight hundred dollars for that st louis oh so louis the 13th yeah how much did you say forty thousand dollars per bottle eight hundred dollars for the shot per yeah so that has gone up So that has gone yeah, up. So people are just buying the bottles and just taking them home. Yeah, so, oh, that's I think amazing. that's the restaurant because, like, you could buy it at the store for fourteen thousand. Yeah, so you know the businesses are going to get theirs, right? Of course, classic. Get three bottles for it. By the way, how how cool do you look if you order a Louis the Thirteenth bottle for forty grand when you can get it for oh, fourteen? Yeah, the that's, cheapest that's the cheapest lowest version you get is four grand for a bottle. Can you just pre-buy them and bring them to the restaurant that day? That'd be, that's, that's the smart. Hey, we'd be wild in this restaurant. Hey, that's the play, Garrett. That's the play right there. You save yourself twenty six thousand dollars. In New York, who was it? Sauce Gardner's contract that got leaked, and like half of it just gets taken away. Taken away immediately. Well, that's from taxes. Yeah. But then yeah. um, you talk about the DB room. Yeah, that'll be the entire secondary. Guys, true. Yeah. So that's all the safeties, all the corners, and even some linebackers will probably try to sneak yeah. in. Excuse me. Excuse me. <laughs> that is like the only way, guy. You can. It's like the earn your stripes moment anymore, though, right? If like people, I mean, outside of like actually playing, like that is something that probably isn't ever going to go away. I don't know. I, I literally, as we start talking about who's in the room and everything like that, maybe we are hitting an era where they just feel like they don't have to. Kill dudes. Yeah, more money though. Hey, congrats! Welcome to the NFL. We're gonna need about 75, 80 grand. <laughs> yeah. Even the rookies like COVID last year or like two years ago, because like they couldn't go to these restaurants and like bring yeah. as many people. Yeah, so that might be. You know, <laughs> maybe these time. things did disappear for a couple of years. That's why Garrett Wilson was like, "Oh, we get to go to dinner. That's cool." Maybe you know, the last Cash couple of generations were like, "No, no, no, it's back. Yeah. They are. We are back in public. We are back in." Overpriced restaurants, let alone just how much some steaks are in some places. Oh, God. Thousands. Some steaks at some places are, are just absolutely insane. Everybody lives like kings. Uh, welcome to the NFL, I guess. I'm happy I was not in a room with a lot of people, but what the, the contract weighs in on it, too. Like, if somebody's a seventh rounder and they get drafted and they have to take a room out, like, everybody knows that. Like, people will pitch in with yeah, it or whatever. Mm-hmm. They'll keep it or whatever. But if you're a first rounder, it's like... You have done absolutely nothing to earn that money that you just got. So for those of us that have been around a little bit, we are going to go ahead and enjoy what you did in college. All right. Congrats. Welcome to the men's league. Let's move on. Sean McDermott no longer sleeping in his office. Hey, Hello, Sean. Hey, Sean. How about a little balance? 
He was sleeping in his uh, office, you know. That's what a lot of NFL coaches uh-huh. do and have to do. A head coach doing it this far in to his run, I think, is admirable. I think a lot of people will enjoy that. He's trying to find a little better balance in his life. Mm, you know, nice. work-life balance. He's trying to figure it out. We had uh, Triple H on the show a couple years yeah. ago, and he said work-life balance is a bunch of bullshit, basically. He said those who talk about it have probably never actually experienced any uh, scent of success. I forget how he laid it out. He said it's all bullshit. It's impossible to actually balance them out because one needs the other and the one you're never going to quit because you feel like you're helping the other so you just have to try to be in the moment as much as you possibly can so whenever you're at home you got to be home when you're at work you got to be at work yeah it's all a bunch of bullshit though trying to find a balance sean mcdermott said it got to be a little bit <laughs> it's got to be a little bit more balanced than what it has been though and you got to this is why every time somebody goes into the hall of fame in the football world they thank the significant other in the family and they always say like i could have been much better at my job as a dad i could have been much better as a husband because the amount of sacrifice it takes the family and the significant others and we're not talking about like the military or anybody else when it comes serious but the amount of time invested in the family whenever it comes to successful people in the nfl is a lot less than time uh invested in becoming successful in the nfl just because there's not a lot of people that have the job it's a difficult job it's a very competitive job and the game is evolving so there's a big paycheck there at the end of the day which hopefully takes care of everybody better than they ever would have in the past with maybe another potential um uh, job in the house as opposed to being mm-hmm. the NFL. But at some point, I think every NFL guy gets to a point where they're like, oh, I've wasted my life in the film room and I've missed. Bruce Arian said, yes. yeah. Bruce Arian said in his retirement press conference that his wife told him that his son Jake had turned 40. And he said, 40? Where did the years go? <laughs> 40 is four decades. Yeah. 40 yes. is so long for Bruce to go. 40 years already jesus what feels the- like just yesterday he was <laughs> yeah he was born or whatever that the amount of dedication so i like that sean mcdermott's going to go home a little bit could that be could that be because the team has now has the culture yeah, that they were that looking to nice. build for all those years is he that comfortable with where the buffalo bills are that now his obsessive compulsion nature of having to watch every piece of film to dedicate every moment of his life to that team is at a point i think this is good for him good for the bills and if i was part of bills mafia i'd be like all right our guy finally feels like he can maybe say hello to his wife every once in a while that was that was my thinking too is when he came in like they were they were not great they've been dominated for 20 years by the patriots in the division and now that are they're at a place where he built it up to where he kind of trusts the players maybe a little bit more touches trusts the like you said the culture and stuff like that where he doesn't have to be there maybe 18 19 hours a day watching film and stuff like that where things kind of take care of themselves a little bit more. I like the fact that um, he's trying to find a little bit more balance mm-hmm. you know because are you happy because you win mm-hmm. or do you win because you're happy that's, that's, that's the question. question I think you win because you're happy but a lot of people think that the happiness comes after the win. And I think you have the wrong mindset because when you're happy doing something, you're actually fully committing to it much more so than whenever you're miserable doing something because nobody's going to fully commit to something that's miserable unless you're a full psychopath. Mm -hmm. So I think you win because you're happy. And I think the wins bring you more happiness. And I think this is going to help the Bills in the long term. I think this is good news for everybody. Absolutely. You got Von Miller now, but I also think, too, you know, he just kind of looks at the team as a whole and says, oh, yeah, Josh Allen's our quarterback, and he's probably the best in the league right now. So I'm going to go home and take 
take a nap or something. I'm going to sleep soundly. <laughs> yeah. We got a six foot five, 245 pound defensive end that runs ISOs at quarterback who has a stronger arm than everybody, is learning the game better than everybody. Congrats to my family. Dad's coming back home. For a yeah. yeah. What's for dinner? That's what it was. How do we do dinner? Where do I sit? Do we? That is I don't want to change the subject, but as you were just saying that word over and over and over again, I figured like if you do call yourself happy, though, you're a scumbag. Oh, yeah. I agree. Yeah, you're 100% right. He's a scumbag. Mm-hmm. Guy got laughed out of Minnesota. Yeah. <laughs> what a joke. Yeah. Did you see that? The yeah. whole place pointing and laughing. There was yeah. even New Day came and said pointing and laughing. <laughs> I was at home pointing and laughing. That's your screen? That's yeah. great. Loser. Now, see, uh, you didn't have to, though. All I was hoping is that you guys would get to see all of us in Minneapolis oh, do yeah. that to him. And we did. It was awesome. Yeah, it's hard not to join in. In, in the moment, people who don't know who this guy is, just know that if you read into everything this dude has done, you would hate this guy. Oh, yeah. So people guts. either had the night of their life watching him get laughed out of a town, or they were thinking, oh, this guy doesn't deserve he does. He does. Yeah. He, does. he absolutely he does. does. He collects schools. He's a freak. He, he does. He's yeah. a scumbag. He's all those things you could think of. And I used to know him mm-hmm. well. Yeah. Yeah. And then I get over to WWE. It's like, oh, here's a guy that completely fell in love with whole WWE game, stepping on people's throats and doing everything for himself and becoming a scumbag and yeah. all blah blah blah. Oh, way <laughs> to go. He's become a star. This ain't the this ain't the Corbin I know. No. Uh-huh. <laughs> And that's why I've been saying all these, uh, you know, months now. I'm glad about, you have been. Yeah, because nobody else is saying. And also, I'm trying to remind him of, like, you know, sometimes it takes a friend to say, you stink. Dude. Yeah, sure. Hey, look, this entire city will laugh you the fuck yeah. out of here right now. Is this what you want your life to be? Sometimes that's, you know, that's kind of where I'm at. He says that I would wish I was dead. <laughs> oh, jeez. Call me skinny, too. That was very nice of him. Oh. That was very nice of him. I, actually, I've been gaining a lot of weight. <laughs> so, you know, whenever he said that, I've been getting back after it, though. You know, the um, the knee feels really okay, good. Here we mm-hmm. go. I wore the hokas this morning on the treadmill getting ooh, ready for Tahoe. Ooh, oh, nice. I will say I walked like two miles on the treadmill. Calves were locking up. I'm happy I did that. Started up. Yeah, I need to I need to break into calves a little bit that I'm going to be doing that much walking around the golf course. So I started getting back into it. Need to lose some weight. He called me skinny, which is very nice. And I wish I was dead. I ain't ever going to wish I was dead, man. I'm happy to be alive. I want to live forever. You you don't know me. This is even more. You don't know. I used to think I was going to die young. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now I want to live forever. Who's more primed to call this guy a scumbag than you? You've known him for a long time. You guys used to be friends. So like you said, you know, you can notice like, hey, you used to be a good guy. Mm-hmm. You're acting like a real piece of shit scumbag now. Okay? So I should almost be thanked by him. I'm expecting so. a thank exactly. you from him. Keeping him honest. Talk about cultures. The culture of that city. The, the head figurehead of that city has got them rolling in the same direction at yeah. the same time. Like they were, they That's knew exactly. Yeah, it's a state. But yeah, they, uh, you said the PJ Fleck. He's the he's the mayor of the whole state. I think. State, mm-hmm. city. He's got all every of Minnesota. Town, yeah. Governor. Sky U Ma. Yeah. yeah. I did not expect them to be with me on the bum ass Corbin. I don't know if, as was I was quick. as that I was, was saying, it, I said, "Oh, hold on, bomb ass Corbin," and I didn't know what everybody was going to do. Them just repeating it immediately yeah. in the same exact rhythm was one of the coolest things I've experienced. <laughs> Pretty in some, awesome. I did not know what they were going to do. They picked, boom, right into it. By the way, they could have won four or five different ways, and I would have been like, "Yeah, that's probably the right <laughs> play." Mm-hmm. Them going just in any fashion that mm-hmm. quickly was fucking fantastic. And then you know, before I started that Minnesota thing. I did have fears of calling Baton Rouge. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I did uh-huh. have a little bit of, oh, no. I was an outlier. What if this place doesn't know the thing that I was told this place will definitely know? So then they went right into it, though. They did. Oh, Minnesota. Minnesota. 
It was awesome. Yeah, that was, that was really sweet. I was very thankful for everybody in there. That was a fun time. Hopefully get a chance to go back and do the same damn thing. Feeling shot? Was, what's that? Feeling shot? No, unreal. Let's ride. You guys can't. I mean... Uh, the backing. The, <laughs> uh, the toxic table. Let's ride in a conversation with that Ty Schmidt. Rocking his John Deere hat and beers with the lad shirt. What? What? Uh, shout out to Gumpy back in Canada, I believe... Little progress. All right. On At Boston Connor. Wedding date? And I don't know if there's a wedding date yet, Whoa. but I believe there is a hard date. A weekend getaway yeah. plan. I believe there is a potential. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's absurd. It's insane. The life is a full simulation right now. At Boston walk, walk. Connor <laughs> will be caddying at Tahoe in a few weeks. He's been preparing. I can't wait to watch you out there, pal. We even have our own custom signs. Yeah, yeah. something to look forward to. Yeah. What you think they're going to put you on TV? Uh, no. I think they have to. I think they're going to have to. Whoa. When you're sprinting to the ball, okay, when you're, oh. you know, when you're. He's going dead sprint after hit? Not everyone. I mean, there might be. There might be a couple, though. If it's a par three. In the U.S. Open, they said people are picking up balls on the 18th hole uh, up yeah. there in Massachusetts. Did you guys not have sun? It's well, 50 degrees it in the middle of fucking June. Is this why you all are so miserable up there? Is this no. why the mass hole thing happens? Because you guys don't experience summer? Everybody there, had, by the way, maybe the softest people of all time, then if Whoa. it wasn't if it wasn't that cold. I saw hoodies on with jackets on top of hoodies mm-hmm. in the middle of June in Massachusetts. Is that normal? What happened? I don't know if it's normal. I think uh, global warming might have something to do with it. Uh, well, but I do think yeah, wow. it's, the, the weather's just messed up up there. But no, it was, it was a windy day, and that's the country club. That's what happens when, you know, the PGA Tour in the U.S. Open, which is not the PGA Tour, goes up to Brookline and plays at the country club. Oh, you were trying to cut the promo for the country club yeah. and realize you just, you know, forgot a little piece of information that we have learned very recently with the abundance of a new league taking oh. dudes out of the PGA Tour. Uh-huh. <laughs> One by one. Hey, Ram answers going over to live. That's yeah, right. More coming out all week, they said. You can see how Zalatoris, you know, who's been an absolute guy, a stud, yeah. and has played great golf and made a lot of clutch shots, and everybody says, oh, he can't do it, he can't do it, he can't win. There's numerous shots on that Sunday he has to hit yes. to stay in contention. There's putts that have to be knocked down. Mm-hmm. If you don't think his ass is pucked, uh, puckered during that entire thing, he had to be. I love the fact that he loves the Wake Forest Demon Deacons, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, congrats to Fitzpatrick, obviously, with yeah, the win. But I'm a big fan of this guy. He, if he was to be told, hey, uh, you know, how about $100 million or so? You know, yeah. when you go to these majors, it's uh, a little bit more relaxed setting. Yeah. Now, follow-up. Live people are going to have to do much better in the tournament for anybody to take live tournaments serious, I think. Yeah. Bad. Right? For yeah. sure. It's almost like being viewed as the MLS right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 You can go take a bunch of money, but that league ain't worth a damn. Right. Which is kind of what all these, the the really good guys who are kind of up there in the leaderboard, they're like, we come to these because you want to play against the best guys in the world every single week because we all feel like we're the best in the world. And, you know, shit, Phil, uh, Phil 11 over, missed the cut, DJ. Never really in contention. Like, yeah, they just didn't have any guys really make you think that, like, all oh, the live is going to compete golf wise with the PGA. Oh, and golf was awesome this week. It was. And so I do sweet. like the fact that the U, uh, the uh, country clubs, 
greenkeeper guy oh, yeah. won an award. And we saw that motivational speech in the morning about, hey, oh, this yeah. course is playing against these players. Like, hey, this course better show Feel like it was the perfect U.S. Open. It was. Yeah. There were some difficult shots that the USGA is known for. There were some great shots that came out of nowhere. Everybody struggled a little bit on that one green that everything would roll back mm-hmm. down. It's almost like that's a staple. It feels like the country club hit an absolute home run. At Tone Diggs, great to see you, pal. How did we do pal. gambling over the weekend? Um... I had uh, Zal, Torres, and Scheffler. So, uh, you know, that's gambling, though. So, but I was happy for Matty Fitzpatrick. I mean, he won there as a 13 year old or whatever. He writes down every fucking shot he's ever ever made or whatever. So gambling, not so good on the open, but uh, it was a good weekend. Though. Okay, well, I'm happy you had a great weekend. The gambling will get uh, a little bit better, yeah. as will the golf, I think, as we continue to roll into this golf season. They're going to have to carry some shit now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, once this if this hockey's gonna go, obviously seven games, obviously. at least six, yeah. at least I six. Oh, big rig, at least six. Just games. give us more than four. Yeah. But golf is gonna have to continue uh, to carry a little bit. Joining us now is a man who probably saw zero golf shots because he's the father of ten. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, college football national champion, Super Bowl champion, COVID survivor, AJ Ha. What's up, pal? Oh, hey, pal. How you doing? Hey, how was your weekend? Did you get to see the U.S. Open at all? It was fantastic viewing there on Sunday, pal. It was, yeah. I got to see the, the good parts, the end, to, right towards uh, when everything was, was on the line. And, and our dude, uh, how old is he, 23? Won the whole thing? It fits. Yeah. Yeah, he's young. Yeah, he's in, in there somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> we, he's in his twenty-seven. We're all, we're all pulling. So 27. 27. We're all pulling for Zalatoris. He's older I think. than Scotty Scheffler. He's old, yeah. yeah, he's older and than Zalatoris too. Yeah, well, I mean, Zalatoris will win one eventually, but yeah, it was fun to watch. He was a hell of a striker, man. That 200-yard in the bunker on 18 shot, which he could have been – he was blessed by the golf gods there because that thing two feet to the right, fucked. Mm -hmm. Can't get out. That thing two feet ahead in that grass, fucked. Can't get out. He got blessed by the golf gods there, and I love listening to the commentators go, oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no, can't go left. There's miles to the right. You're a lot of free drop to the right. Can't go left. That tracer starts going left. They're like, oh, no. Uh (laughs) We now have a little bit there. I enjoyed it, though. Good golf is awesome to watch, and I think that is something that I was paying attention to while I was – like, will I ever sit down and watch a live tournament like this? Probably not. Mm -mm. You know? I mean, yeah, I mean, right now, I don't see that happening anytime soon, especially when, yeah, it's going, it will look much different, I guess, a year from now than it does now, but still, like, what, will it ever be, will it ever compete, like, their events, will it ever compete with, like, the majors, either, I don't know. And the video promos they were putting together for how important the U.S. Open is, through the test of time and all Mm -hmm. the features, it was like, oh, yeah, they're driving home, like, hey. Our shit matters over here. Like, there is decades and decades and decades of legacy here being built upon every single golf shot. Will somebody be able to make the turn like Nicholas was able to do? Blah, blah, blah. How about when Tiger got hot? But, like, the whole entire building, it was like, oh, Liv's got to start putting over some of these courses they're playing on. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they got to start Big putting time. over some of these courses. Like, that London course we knew nothing about. No. A piece about that course, about yeah, who's right. played there, how it's been played. Like, I think that is something they're missing out on that time even though you don't have history i think you got to find it because it did feel a little bit more of an affinity to the game for me while watching those and being like yeah this is a massive fucking ordeal you know aj it is but at first i don't know where where is their next tournament it's you know? at a uh, pumpkin ridge in portland oregon sure okay so if this tournament had pga events on it Puck in the played past, there. 
I think What's Puck that? from the real world. <laughs> he uh, he he once shot an eighty six. Yeah, uh, I, I do believe Puck has passed right. Oh, no. oh, to Puck, but I also that uh, the comedian who is super awkward, uh, Fred Armisen. Fred Armisen. He shot a seventy six on Puck. this course oh, two right, different right. times. Mm-hmm. That's the type of shit they need to start saying. You know, if we're going to Portland. Wait, how do you know this? No, that was a made up stat. It's an example. Yeah. That was Got a made you. up stat. What made you think of Fred Armisen? Portlandia, I think. Is yeah, it? that's a show. Oh, yes. okay. And then they're in Portland. I was trying to figure out who's in Portland. Dame, Dame, yeah, Dame, Dame, Dame Dalla oh, came out dominated, here. He yeah. shot a seventy-three here yeah. two <laughs> weeks, weeks ago. ago. Like they need to start. To, you know what I mean? You're gonna have to start putting over the course a little bit. I think in in the whole, so we can respect the scores that are being put up there. Because now the only thing we can compare to is expectations from PGA types of events. Mm-hmm. So I, th- I think there's a little bit of a growth period that'll happen, but you're right. A year from now, what will be the case? What big golf course in the United States will make a deal with Liv? You know, if, if these majors bounce around from course to course, do they have any an infinite agreement with the PGA that that's the only course or the only tournament that they'll allow to host on that golf course? I think that is going to have to play into it. And I think that's what I learned this weekend. Like, the courses matter. The history matters. I think whenever we're judging it as an entirety of a fan base, you know? Why do you think so many people love watching the Masters? Obviously, like, the the beauty of it and how it's so manicured and everything, but it's just, it's like the history. Like, so much goes into that tournament, into the course, really. Like, not even, yeah, the tournament, of course, with people. I mean, I'm sure you've ran into people, like, People would kill their own kids to go play at Augusta, like how they talk about that what? course. I saw A.J. Dillon actually put out a tweet. Said, hey, I need like a plus three on Augusta or something like mm. that. Yeah, not going to happen. I don't think so. <laughs> no. <laughs> Me <I> mean, too. <laughs> maybe. A lot of Green Bay Packers fans out there. Maybe he'll get in there. The sauce will be able to get in there. But it is – I think that's what I learned most this weekend while watching it. Great golf mm-hmm. is awesome to watch. A little bit of drama, also awesome yes. to watch. And then the course matters. The course matters in golf. It is the opponent of everybody. And that's why old buddy won that award for the first time in like 100 years. Congrats to Massachusetts. Yeah. Cold-ass Massachusetts hell of put on a hell of a tourney up there. Yeah, well, I mean, the weather had to also, you know, play a little bit of a part for the Open, for the course to be even harder. And they're already putting over the British Open course, I'm pretty sure. I was already oh. seeing commercials. Well, that's where golf was in. Yeah, St. Andrews. Also, yeah. I love seeing the caddy finally win a major. That was cool. Hey, Billy yeah. Foster. Hey, boy, Billy. boy, William Foster. They're both from the Yorkshire area of England. Ain't that right, Tony? <laughs> that is right. <laughs> a couple of Yorkshire champions over here in the United States. Uh-huh. So a lot of foreigners win the U.S. Open. The original U.S. Open, I learned, was only uh, foreign competitors. Really? It was considered like the United States Open. People mm. come in and I think if mm. I was listening to the trophy ceremony accurately, I might have misheard it. But they talked about the history and how it is a big tournament for people in Europe and everything to come over and win. It's a big fucking deal. I'm like, shout out to the United States still holding a little bit of juice. Like, hey, winning our tournament's a big fucking deal still. Just like I'd assume going over and winning the British Open yeah, for every yeah. American golfer <laughs> is awesome. It's like, hey, we're winning it over here. John Daly won the British Open, right? Is that what he won? And the PGA. He won the PGA for sure. I think he I think he did win the British Open as well. He always goes there. I think that's his yeah. Yeah. PGA, he was like a 
he was like a Friday qualifier, a late yeah. edition. That was and here. Bam, won that sucker. Yeah, that was here. Crooked that was stick. in Indiana. Crooked yeah. Stick. Oh. There's still legendary tales about the crowd, how it grew, like in a movie, from day one for him to day two for him, day three here. The amount of Indiana people that were following him around, watching him drink. Everybody has a story about how many beers they saw him drink on that <laughs> Saturday round or on the Sunday round. The whole thing, yeah, it's a big deal. But I think he did win the British Open. I believe that is yep, 1995. 1995. Wow. Hey, those the European fans are fucking awesome, mm-hmm. by the way. Yeah, they seem to be a little more um, spirited, I feel like, at times than we are. Yeah, they're used to boring sports. So, hey, we got to entertain <laughs> ourselves. So let's go. We'll put on a show. Is that what it is? I think, personally. It's, so- it's soccer. So they're like, hey, man, like, if we don't bring the juice, we know the players aren't can't do it from there. Like, we have to do it. Well, the game naturally in itself is a beautiful game. It's a patient game. Sure. It's a things are going to happen. So I think a lot of the boozed up crowd – I'm going to fall asleep. We don't start fucking. All right. We'll have a chant every four minutes. There will be a new chant, new song. We'll go crazy. And then when the other team, which is representing another town, another town comes into our town, they start doing their shit. And then we'll just do it for 94, 95, 120 minutes straight. So that some of us won't even know there's a fucking game going on until a goal happens. (laughs) Feels like that's maybe what it is. And it is carried into every other form of entertainment. Like when WWE goes to Europe... It's fucking banana land over there. Banana land. I would assume when football goes over, they're bana- yeah. the entire time they're loud. In the game that I was in, it is. I like that fan base. I don't know if we'll ever be able to get it over here, and I hope they never lose it over there. Uh, that shit is a weapon. Yeah, like when the UFC went over there, I'm pretty sure they had a bunch of fighters from England. Was that during? Yeah, well, he said something about uh, Scott. Well, he said Liverpool Stadium. Isn't that what... Uh, um, Patty, Patty the Batty yeah. said. Mm-hmm. He said, "Take this thing to the stadium in Liverpool. We'll sell that whatever thing out." Mm-hmm. He said, "This is too small. Yeah. This is too." Not small. the O2 is he? O2 Arena? I think they were in the O2 Arena. He said, "This is too small. Need oh, to go, let's go outdoors. Let's go to a stadium. Yeah. yeah, in Liverpool, we'll sell the whole place out." And I, by the way, that would be an electrifying place to go. Yeah. Let's talk about some things happening around the NFL. AJ, um, the NFL and the NFLPA are going to battle over Watson's discipline. We learned this last Friday with Ian Rappaport that the way this thing will go is the NFL will have a representative or representatives. The NFLPA will have a representative or representatives. They will present their cases for what Deshaun Watson's punishment should be uh, to a lady named Sue L. Robinson or Richardson? Robinson. I Robinson. Sue L. Robinson. She has been designated as the independent party, the third party that will do the hearings from the NFL and the NFLPA. The NFLPA will obviously be pitching a lesser punishment than the NFL. The NFL allegedly pitching for an entire season being the punishment. Sue will rule on that case where lawyers will present entire arguments to her. She will then have a recommendation for her ruling to Roger Goodell on what he should do uh, and how many games he should punish Deshaun Watson. She makes a ruling from the first court between NFL and NFLPA. That ruling then becomes a recommendation to Roger Goodell. He makes a final and firm decision uh, for Deshaun Watson's penalty. 
the NFLPA has said, AJ, and this is something that a lot of other players are absolutely going to love, and I believe we have a tweet for it here. Uh, part of the NFLPA's planned defense of Watson, comparing wh whatever discipline the NFL proposes to how owners such as Dan Snyder have been punished when accused of misconduct. I believe there's also a tweet that says the NFLPA is getting, uh, with Deshaun Watson's discipline looming, the NFLPA is preparing a uh, to wage a high-powered battle versus the NFL. The union has already brought in Jeffrey Kessler to defend the quarterback. This is another conversation, AJ, about the NFLPA spending a lot of NFLPA money to defend Deshaun Watson, and there's going to be a lot of other NFL players saying, this is where all of our fucking money goes. Here's just a little inside conversation that happens, but what are your thoughts on this, AJ, and how do you think it pans out here? Well, when they're like when these the NFL lawyers are presenting like, hey, this is look at what you didn't do to the owners, right? Like when they present this to the judge, that's all behind closed doors. Who all gets to see that? Do we know? I think just Sue, right? Yeah, that's a shame. Like that would be fun to see. I would love to see that if there was cameras in the room to watch how they argue that and how these defense lawyers go about it. But why not? I mean, that is your that seems to be. A good defense to me. I mean, you have to talk to a lawyer, but isn't that what you would do? Well, yeah, and then Sue would say, well, I was never around with any of these things happened, right? So that's the counter argument. Like, what has happened in the past, Sue, has nothing to do with what happens from this point forward. That's why you got the job. You know, like, that has yeah. to be exactly what the NFL will argue. Is Jeffrey Kessler an outside lawyer being brought in by the NFLPA? So he represented Tom Brady in Deflategate. Uh, he represented athletes against the NCAA. Uh, I'm just reading about him right now. He, yeah, he's part of a law firm. He's, he's, I don't think he's with the PA. Can you check what his hourly rate is? Okay. Yeah. He's, he's, a partner. he's a partner at Winston and Strong. He's got a pretty big retainer, I would imagine, from yeah. the NFL. Yeah, I saw he also was PA. the guy who basically oh, yeah. argued to, so that they, like, they instated free agency in the NFL as well. Way back? Yeah. I, I Reggie White? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, damn. Oh, so he's been around a long time. Yeah, so his price is only going up. I'd assume with all the successes he has had. Yeah. But that is a conversation around the NFL locker rooms right now. By the way, how much money are we paying Jeffrey Kessler to represent Deshaun Watson? Then you're going to up the fees for the union probably next year to boost this fund that we might war chest that we might need in the future. That only tends to go to certain. Right, AJ? Am I wrong in saying this? Yeah, the old war chest. They love using that war uh, chest back in the day before the, the lockout of, what, 2011, whenever that happened, whatever offseason it was. Uh, how much do we have in the war chest? Uh, $50 million or so? Okay. Is that not enough? <laughs> no. yeah. Lawyer fees. We're getting locked out, boys. They're going to lock the doors, guys, so just be ready. Be well, prepared. It is happening. And then lawyer fees, by the way, were always tossed in there. Lawyer fees, lawyer fees. I'm like, well, isn't that the fees we're fucking paying to be in this thing? No, no. Well, yeah, but that is accrued in there. And then there's representatives and all these. Because every time somebody uh, appeals something, an NFL PA representative or lawyer is with them, right? So that's their case getting paid for. Uh, that's representation from the NFL PA for the players. Whenever you hire somebody from the outside in, I assume Jeffrey Kessler is going to take quite a penny from that entire thing, and that's going to cause a whole nother conversation behind closed doors. But good luck to all parties in there. Yeah. And Sue Robinson, her first case she's hearing. Good luck. This good luck. Good luck. You're right, though. I wonder if we'll ever hear the arguments to be made. And well, the PA will eventually leak out, I'm sure. They're, or not leak it, They could even make it public to us. Like, hey, this is what we presented. 
Yeah, that's not. There's nothing wrong with that problem. Nothing wrong with that at all. And normally the NFLPA never does that because they want zero leverage in the public perception. It seems like that is their go-to move. The NFL is always the ones that leak the information. For instance, they did last week when they said the NFL will be pitching for an entire season suspension. So that's the NFL getting in front of the PR-wise. This is what we are proposing. So if anything comes less than that, that is Sue or Roger Goodell doing it, which is fascinating because the NFL. Yeah. Works for Roger Goodell in the end. When does Sue yeah. hear this? When does Sue hear both sides? Mm. Who knows? Joining us now is a man who uh, might have more information, but probably knows just as much as all of us because <laughs> this is all a little bit murky as we try to dive into who's paying who. Mm. And does Sue actually have final say? No. But you can't appeal Sue's ruling, I guess. But then if the appealing changes, then that is what's presented to Roger Goodell. What the fuck? Makes no sense. Roger Goodell makes the end-up decision. Sue's definitely helping, though. Can't wait to hear it turns out. Joining us now, host of the Man to Man podcast, and a guy who uh, knows everything there is to know about the NFL, nine-year NFL vet, drafted by the Patriots, also spent time with the Panthers and the Colts, uh, Darius Butler. Fellas, fellas, what's up? Debo, we got Josina Anderson in the third hour, and hopefully she'll be able to know more about the whole process. But this whole uh, court thing for another thing, is interesting to kind of think about, D-Bud. Where we jump? I just jumped in. You talking about Deshaun? Yeah, so the NFL and the NFLPA are going to court with a judge named Sue Robinson who has been appointed as an independent uh, third-party judge or whatever. Then she will make a ruling. It can be appealed by both parties. Then once it's finally ruled, she will then give that as a recommendation to Roger Goodell for the actual punishment that Roger Goodell will put in there. The NFLPA has hired some high-powered lawyer named Jeffrey Kessler uh, for their defense, and they'll be talking about previous rulings against owners whenever something like this has happened. And then the mm. NFL has already said they're pitching for a full year suspension in the trial. Uh, we talked about how people are going to be very happy that the NFLPA was spending money on this high-powered lawyer uh, to defend Deshaun Watson. There's going to be guys pissed off about that. Yeah, I mean, somebody's going to be pissed off regardless of how this all, uh, you know, turns out. Obviously, some serious allegations, um, you know, criminally, they, they couldn't find, you know, enough evidence to, to charge them. Criminally is, you know, can't win the, the public uh, thing. It's 66 cases. Now, that's obviously a bad look. <laughs> but as we know, it's 26. We, we, we've been around some a lot of weird adults that are into some weird shit. <laughs> so um, the amount of cases doesn't necessarily say he's guilty or not. But I hope justice is served, you know, either way, you know, once it's all, um, you know, once every, all, everything, all chips fall where they may. 26 cases, 66 allegations in the New York Times. So, yeah, whatever. It's a, I mean, a lot of therapists. That's a lot. And this is, Sue, <laughs> this is Sue Robinson's first case, I think, as the NFL's third party independent arbitrator, whatever. Uh, so all eyes are on this. Let's dive into something that yeah. Bart Scott said, though, Darius Butler, because I think this will be interesting because you got to play against both of these men. He said it's much more scary to take on Peyton Manning. Yeah, former NFL linebacker Bart Scott admitted that it was more nerve-wracking to face Peyton Manning as a quarterback than Tom Brady. This particular tweet comes from Sports Illustrated, but everybody was following this. Uh, why is that, D-Butt? And do you think that is uh, a lot of people's thoughts in the defense and in the secondary? No, I think if you ask defenders, it'll probably be probably split down the middle or close, maybe 60-40 one way. You split hairs whenever you get into talking about these all-time great quarterbacks, Peyton, Brady. You know, I grew up watching that uh, that, that that rivalry, obviously. But uh, they, they brought different things to the game. Peyton was more of that, 
you know, sheriff at the line of scrimmage. You knew where his guys were going to be. You knew where Reggie and Marvin were going to be. You knew where Garcon and Reggie were going to be. But he would get to the line and change routes up, change plays up, adjust a lot on the fly. And Brady did uh, he did it kind of differently. He would he would kind of uh, you know fuck you over with personnel. You know he may have thirteen in a huddle or twenty two in a huddle and then come out in an empty set. And he would change the tempo a lot. He'll get to the line of scrimmage quick sometimes. Sometimes he'll get there and adjust. So it was different things uh, with the different players. But if you ask a thousand defenders, it'll probably be split right down the middle. Me and AB talked about it this morning on the pod. Obviously, uh, Antoine he played fourteen years in the league. A bunch of those years with Peyton beat Brady to go to a Super Bowl, and he basically said the same thing. Uh, he did pick Brady, though, if he had to pick one just because he did that to go to the Super Bowl. And, uh, you know, I, I would go against Peyton. I had more success against Peyton on the teams than individually. So I think if you ask defenders, it'll probably be split down the middle. That, that's kind of preposterous wow. to say every defender would say uh, they'd rather play Tom than Peyton. Like, it's, come on now. Yeah. Still I, going for five thousand yards right I now. I think you're right, Debut. I think you're right. There's not like there's a a crazy different like style of play. We're not saying Peyton Manning, Mike Vick, like where you have to defend them <laughs> yeah. much differently. But I wanted to ask you about the quarterbacks, about Peyton and Tom. Are we gonna? You think we're gonna see many guys like him as the quarterback position as we you know continue in the NFL? These like old school kind of stand there, take your drop, get rid of the ball quarterbacks. Even the younger guys that are big can move like hell we know that like are these yeah. guys going to be able to continue to play I mean I think I think so I think it's always a place for a quarterback that can sit in the pocket and you know just dissect defenses and know because it's all about matchups like speaking of Bart Scott I remember Monday night football game 2010 uh in, in Gillette Stadium we beat the Jets 45 to 3 and Jeez. he didn't target Revis one time, and I think he barely targeted Cromartie. So it was all about finding a matchup. They did end up beating us in the divisional playoffs that year, wow. and maybe went to the AFC Championship that year. Yeah, was, but uh, I think I think it's always a place for a pocket quarterback. And then you know being able to use your legs uh, when you can. Young guys like you know Trevor Lawrence, like he can be a pocket guy who can uh, dissect things from the pocket, but also run and, and run for a twenty yard uh, scramble. Same with Herbert. Um, Burrow's not as fast as those guys, but I think it'll always be a place for those pocket quarterbacks. Yeah, Mac, I think, is the most recent success story, but he's only a rookie, and I guess yep. we did see him gritty at the Pro Bowl. He, did. Yeah. he has some rhythm. Yeah. Seems yeah, like has, we'll be able to move a little bit, ran a 4-6. Mm-hmm. How about it? Do you think you have to be able to dissect the defense to win a Super Bowl? That's what I like. I think Ooh. you have to have that level. So AJ's like, are these people going to exist? Great question because Mac seems to be the only real one right now. Joey Burrow, kind of similar. Yeah. Do you? But those are really the guys that are winning Super Bowls are the dissectors of the defense. Do you think you have to have that ability to win? Then I think you do. Uh, I mean, you, you just got to because defenses. You know, once you, especially once you get into the later part of the season. You know, defenses, it's different when you, you know, you just have two, three days to, to prepare for uh, an opponent. And then you're the coaches are already kind of halfway preparing for the next opponent in the middle of that week. And the playoffs late in the season, you know, it's all hands on deck for, to win that one game. So defenses are going to throw their best. They're going to throw all the different looks. They're going to take away the, the things and try to make you beat you left handed. So the quarterbacks like Brady. Uh, like man and like you know Montana, the Super Bowl winners over the years, they did the best at adjusting and stepping up in the most uh, you know clutch situations. So I think some of these guys, you know, that can beat you with their legs as well, will have the ability. Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, um, you know, guys like that have the ability to win Super Bowls. But uh, at the end of the day, you know, that two most games come down to two minutes. 
And if you can, you know, there's a lot of dissecting that goes into two minutes. A lot of coach, coaches put their game plan in, but the quarterbacks kind of got to take that offense uh, by the horns and get it done. So I, I think you got to you got to be able to do that. You got to be able to dissect and get the ball to your playmakers and make uh, pinpoint throws. I think it's the people we see succeed seem to have common trends. You know, the teams, I mean, mm-hmm. that we see succeed seem to have common trends right now. A lot of stars, yeah. a lot of power. A lot of in a quarterback that can throw the ball all over the yard, and although the game is continuing to change, you still see that old school. Gotta be able to stop the run. Mm-hmm. Gotta be able to run the ball at certain times. It's always gonna. It's always there. You know, it's always, yeah, always there. There, go ahead, Ty Schmidt. but do you think there are any guys right now? I mean, like we always hear about, you know, Rodgers and Mahomes and some of the the guys who are kind of in that next tier in terms of like uh, losing sleep over them before you play. But even like Mahomes. Kind of, you know, he throws a decent amount of interceptions, or at least he has the last couple of years. Yeah. Like, do you think there's that same kind of mythology around anyone now that there is Peyton and Brady, or not really? Mm, I mean, Peyton, they were they were just so consistent, like year in year out. Like you saw jo- Josh Allen, you know, burst onto the scene. I mean, Pat- Patrick Mahomes has been consistent uh, so far, but uh, that's a different thing. Uh, Herbert, Burrow, those guys are right there. They look like they can be, you know, two of two of the best. Uh, coming up young, getting better every year, uh, surrounded by a bunch of talent. But those guys, all those guys right there, Herbert, uh, Burrow, still, I mean, I'm still very interested to see Lamar. Uh, Lamar and his development this year. And obviously this is going to be a contract year. And he's led the league in passing before. I've seen him be able to dissect and, and read blitzes or read matchups. Uh, but I think uh, the play caller, Greg Roman, kind of has to evolve as well oh, and put more on his plate, Greg. you know, to spread it out. Because you got you got a great run system and great defenses, but you got to be able to pass that ball um, and make all the throws and make all the reads. And I think Lamar can do it. I just think he needs more weapons and, I, I guess, an evolved playbook as well to show those tools. Greg Roman still being there is wild. Yeah. yeah. You know, because normally they're – They win. They win. They win a lot. I mean, everybody doesn't just come in. And we I talk know. about Peyton. I know. Peyton, man. it took a while for him to Six have years. that postseason success. So, Lamar wins a hell of a lot. Greg Roman won when he was in San Francisco, got to the Super Bowl. So, uh, everybody can't just – a lot of things have to go right to win in the playoffs. So, I'm not surprised that Roman's still been there. But like I said, he definitely has to evolve. And so does Lamar. Lamar has to evolve as well. There's a lot of public shots, though, that have been taken about his play-calling abilities. And normally in the common era that we're in right now, if something's public and then success doesn't happen and there's a, it feeds the narrative, normally yeah. that guy's done. See, mm-hmm. we got to move on. Them sticking with him is fascinating, especially after the Hollywood trade. Here we go. Let's see what they got. Yeah. Him going into last year of his deal, too, all adds to it. Go ahead, Connor. They got a good culture over there, man. I think so. I honestly do believe. I think they do even though Lamar wasn't there for the voluntary stuff and everybody made that a big deal. As soon as he got back in the building, it felt like everybody was mm-hmm. all the way back. I, I I am enjoying what the Baltimore Ravens are becoming, and I think last year was an anomaly. I think they're back. I think they're going to be good again, and that AFC North is Woo! hot. That. Uh, that. That's my pick to win it, though. I got Ravens winning that division. Oh, uh, it's pretty good odds, right? I mean, that's like plus two-something. 240, maybe? Uh, I think it was plus 220 the last few weeks back. That's good odds. Let's go get that money, I guess. AFC North, uh, Ravens plus 160 now. Oh, okay. Bengals plus 200. Browns plus 250. Steelers 
plus 850 still. Wow. They haven't seen a single thing out of Pittsburgh that made them move those odds for the last two months. They just ran Mitchell Trubisky playing the Green Bay Packers as a Chicago Bear oh, yeah. this morning. Mm-hmm. Look for those odds to change even more. Yeah. Go ahead, Connor. Yeah, Debo, we saw on the Pivot podcast Garrett Wilson find out about what the rookie dinners actually are like. Do you have any uh, stories when you were in the league and you had to do that yourself? That first of all, that was hilarious. Love that podcast, and that, his face was priceless. He was like, "Yeah, rookie dinner, that'll be cool. That'll be fun." Uh, no, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got memories. Actually, Fred Taylor brought it up in that uh, podcast when he talked about Brady showing up to the dinner, ordering a few bottles of wines that you never heard of, taking a few sips, getting out of there. Uh, yeah, that 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 pissed us off. Uh, we had we had a great plan. We had a preset menu. Uh, we had a big class. Me, Patrick Chung, Ron Brace, Guy Richard Soul, Sebastian Vaughn were first four second rounders. We had like 11 picks. Edelman was in that class, Hoyer. And uh, we had a, a preset menu, Smart. which, you know, it still had a variety. And we said, all right, we know we're going to get hit with the liquor, but we'll be all right. And uh, Brady came in there and just just, just fucked it up for us. But, uh, <laughs> we, and we did it as a team, too. Most teams, they do it as uh, position groups. So the DBs, they got the DBs, O-line, quarterbacks, et cetera. But in Patriot, true Patriot fashion, it was a whole team in there. And uh, it, it's good, though. You know, you take it, it. It's all in fun. The vets, if you got some good vets, they don't take advantage of you too much. Speaking of the Jets, they got a the number four overall pick, the number 10 overall pick. Ugh. And then I think maybe a 20-something, so maybe three first-rounders, I think. Yep. So they're going to have a blast <laughs> this year. It, it might be. One in 11 at the time. They're going to have a blast when they go out at rookie dinner. I said uh, whenever we first talked about this in the first hour, hazing's kind of disappearing from the sport as a whole, I believe, as society moves on. I don't know if those rookie dinners will ever disappear. I don't know. That feels like something that will live on forever. As long as there's some OGs in rooms, that will continue to take place. I've heard about places making people get planes and uh, flying places. If there's like two two first-rounders in the same position group or whatever, oh, yeah, sweet, we're taking a plane to Vegas. Let's go. <laughs> We're having a good time. Yeah. It's like a couple hundred thousand. How, how was it for you? Now? I, I, I haven't had too many conversations about with specialists about Easy. their rookie. Nothing. A couple thousand, no big deal. I'll see you later. That was a poker game. I'm out. It was okay. awesome. What about you, AJ? Top five, uh, old CBA? Oh. I was lucky. I was in Green Bay. Set menu, like you said, D-butt. The defense uh, showed up, but it was like a you know, it was Tuesday, big practice on Wednesday. Guys didn't want to get too wild. Bill was oh. Bill was nice. Nice. No nice. liquor yeah, problems? Lucky. No Louie? No, nah, 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 like, no. It's Green Bay, man. I don't think they serve that. Out there at Appleton. Hey, shout out Devin McCourty. I got it back. I got it back in blood that next year. I still got that bottle of Louie. Oh, yeah. Hey, it's 14000 14000 at the liquor store. 40000 at some restaurants. Good get by you. Good purchase. Last question here, D-Buck. Go ahead, Tony. D-Buck, a guy that has dominated Lamar Jackson, uh, Minka Fitzpatrick, just got paid uh, number one paid safety in the NFL. Is he, not just money-wise, is he the top guy on the field, do you think, at that position? Shoot, one of them. Uh, one of them for sure. I mean, A.B. Oh. talked about it. A.B. said top three. Uh, I, I definitely but. agree with that. You got Simmons, you got Bat- you got a lot of guys out there, uh, but Minka, he came into the league, he could do everything. Corner, he can cover, he just slot. That's kind of why he wanted to get out of Miami. Miami wanted to do too much with him, but he got to Pittsburgh. Um, they put him in a position, so I think he's going to continue to flourish. He uh, Ball production, he can fly around, make all the plays. Oh, okay, my, Pop, I see you out there. I throw some sweet picks up right there. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Minka, man. Well, well deserved. I'm glad he got paid. I mean, Freeman, Sergio, Pops. 
I believe I saw Melvin on there. That was a great lineup of pictures. Great work in the yeah, back there. Go, boys. You lost all service, D, but you currently no service. But it's perfect timing. Oh, we appreciate you stopping by. <laughs> Maybe take that Louis the Thirteenth bottle to the uh, internet, folks, and let's see yeah. if we can get you back for next time. We appreciate the hell out of you, man. Appreciate you. I don't know what the fuck happened. Yeah, <laughs> it happens. Ladies and gentlemen, Darius Butler. Hey, the team rookie dinner is good move. Never heard of that before. Obviously, the Patriots do things the Patriots way. Tom walking in, just uh, give me that. Uh, how many years that wine? All right, that's not enough. Give me the 50. Yeah, that one, that one. All right. Nah, I don't like that one. <laughs> nah, don't like that one either. Can I get another one of these, please? Yep, that's uh, $12,000 worth of wine. Oh, I didn't like any of them. Oh. Huh? All right, I'm out of here. I'll see you guys. Dump them out. Yeah. That's really how it goes. In watching watching uh, Garrett Wilson learn that, what is going on in Ohio State? You guys don't tell these guys the truth? Jeez. I don't know how he does know that, honestly. I really, Maybe COVID. They've been all in shelter for the last two or three years. Can we run that video, please, real quick, yes. just to showcase what we were talking about here? Here's Garrett Wilson learning about what a rookie dinner is in the NFL, especially if you're a fucking top 10 pick. They did tell me about the dinner. I got to take all the receivers to a dinner. That's going to be cool. I'm excited for that. It's not gonna be cool. You know they gonna run that bill up like seventy five thousand. Oh yeah, you mean like the the, the Louis the Thirteenth? You gonna have to buy at the restaurant? I'm, nah, they ain't, they ain't doing me for seventy five k. I ain't gonna nah. fake it. Nah, nah, nah. It's still it rookie dinner. It's all of y'all. You the tip pick of the draft too. They know you got twenty guaranteed. Wait, what you say, rookie dinner? It's, he thinks it. He thinks it's his decision. <laughs> it was so cute. It was so cute. Hey, hey listen, seventy five. Hold up. Yeah, yeah, that's coming. Unreal. How do you not know that? Ohio State's not preparing these guys for the NFL, AJ? Bobby Carpenter's not running laps with them anymore? I mean, I would imagine Bob has had plenty of conversations with him. Bob, I don't know why I didn't mention this to him. He should have talked. Uh, Mangold obviously doesn't live in Columbus right now, but uh, Nick and DeBrickashaw Ferguson were both first-round picks his year. I think they had to. I think they took him to Atlantis or Vegas. Like, he took the whole line. Damn. Yeah, <laughs> yep. That's... That's one of the ones that are probably that I heard about. Like, uh, you should see what they did to fucking these two guys. They got a chance to get a plane and fly to Vegas and do the whole thing. The plane? Yeah. Had to be a big plane, too. A lot of big guys. Yeah. <laughs> Can't be one of those small planes. Has to be a big plane. That's insanity. Uh, I did see Ohio State leads the, uh, the entire league in NIL stuff, though. Look at Ohio State. Wow. Uh, front office sports, which, you know, love-hate relationship with, but they break a lot of news. Ohio State athletes have surpassed 1,000 NIL deals in year one per OSU. NIL. The Buckeyes have ranked first in NIL compensation and number of athletes with at least one NIL deal. Look at you guys over there in Columbus. This has kind of been the way it's always been. If you're a player for the Ohio State Buckeyes, there's going to be money for you to find around Ohio because everybody in Ohio fucking loves the Ohio State Buckeyes. You could be a Browns fan, a Bengals fan. Fuck, you could be a fan of anything in Ohio. But if you were born in the state that creates... You know, the similar type humans at a rapid rate. You love the Ohio State Buckeyes. AJ, you've been getting paid by these guys for a long time. Are you pumped that Ohio State has a real chance at competing with a lot of these big-time programs down in the South? And although Ryan Day came out and said, hey, we need like $13 million, (laughs) everybody in Columbus was like, you fucking got it, pal. All you got to do is just put a little bird call out there. Columbus is the real deal, AJ, the fucking real deal. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about this before, Pat, where – I assumed every school was the same way where when we would get done, you get done with your bowl game your senior year, you go out and you can sign autographs once or twice a week around the state and you can make 
a great chunk of money doing that. I how much? How much? How much? Like that? What do you mean? How much? Great chunk per of money. Or sign or just like over? What do you mean? Uh, let's say one offseason after you're done being a senior at Ohio State going into the draft. One offseason before draft. How much money do you think guys can make signing on? It, just, it depends how many you would want to do and what position and all of that. But I mean, the range, like, it, okay, just for one, like, one two hour signing easily when you're done, the, ra- the lowest end probably gets what? Two grand up to 50, 40 for two hours. Jesus. So do like five of those. Yeah. AJ yeah. got 50. Yeah, of course. No, 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 no one. No, yeah. Like I'm saying the range can be crazy, though. Yeah, depending guys, on if you won your bowl game, what your season, your whole thing was. Like. Ohio but now, State though, has been. Now you get paid oh, yeah. while you're playing, though. That's the thing. Now you get that while you're on the team. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. I'd say. <laughs> hey, it's good for Ohio State, honestly. that's They're going to be one of the only programs in the country that can keep up with some of these other schools that have been doing this for a long time, mostly because it's already built in, it feels like. The cult is already there, right? Yeah. They spend money every week in a charity. They help. Yeah. Remember we read that tweet that uh, the car dealership is tweeting at Ryan Day's tweet saying, hey, we, we're looking to give money away. Call us. Just fucking tell us, Ryan. Jeez, we just sold 15 cars. <laughs> we're sent all that money right to the program. You let us know who needs it. CJ Stride? No problem. <laughs> on it. Whatever the fuck you guys want. Let's win some games up here. Because the OH! Fucking tongue Is your mic muted? What are we doing? Come on, dude. Will you please? This, am I the caller? Was it Mike, Steve? Who was the caller? Oh, my oh, God. God. Minnesota spelled out their entire state, okay, the other night on Friday. Said their name three, four times. Don't let recruits see that, okay? They see the Minnesotans doing that, and then they see this fucking guy, Ohio State legend, refusing to buy in to the program. All these sponsors are giving all this money, and they got you, the face of Ohio State, every single day, refusing to buy into the program. Ugh. Do you think you're making Maybe running this team into the fucking ground. Do you think about that, AJ? I might have to think about that now. Thank you for bringing it to my attention. No problem. Um, (laughs) Own backyard. He doesn't even give. He doesn't fucking care. This guy's been getting fucking money hand over fist the last fifty years living in that goddamn. Yeah. Uh Just hey, give me back to Columbus. I'll get all this money. And I gave the IO back to all of them. Every one of them. Well, not the recruits. They see it every single day. Yeah, refuse to give it over there. Might not, oh, must recruits, yeah. When I see recruits and their parents yell at me, I oh baby, go high five, give them the rock, boom, boom, boom. It's not real though. You yeah. see it. You yeah. see it here every day. It's not real. As soon as you graduate, he won't say anything to you. Mm-hmm. Dirtbag. Uh, but a follow up, the OHIOs will be wonderful in the national championship again if we get there and the town says we're gonna help we want to be a part of this. And that's the type of fan base you are hoping for in every single sport. Just like the Boston folks, mm-hmm. how they were uh, being chastised for being too aggressive and saying things. That's the fans you want. What's going on in Ohio State and has been going on in Ohio State, now that it's especially legal, every school is looking for that. And that by itself is massive recruiting tool right there. Oh, front office sports just put out massive right there, AJ. Every other AD in college sports is they like if you look they look at some of these big time schools that have all these donors that are already kind of built in been doing it for years and it's what they do their whole family like just continues that i'm sure they're very jealous when they see like an ohio state when other schools like you got to go probably beat the streets cold call get all these new donors involved at all times like it's always a battle believe me they are working 
their balls off at Ohio State to try to bring in more money every single day. I know that, but either way, man, it would be pretty nice. I like having a, you know, a small connection to the beautiful people of OH. What about it? This guy. Let's get to Why would I do it now? What do you th- What do you think? If you just continue to do it, you're going to bully me into it. Well, I thought it was going to be a makeup bio. For the recruits. A makeup bio. For Ohio. The recruits know. No, they no, don't. Not anymore. They have enough awareness to know no. your sarcastic OH to me. No. Because no, there's people coming out of OH. Doing what? I.O. That don't even know what a fucking rookie dinner is. No, I right. I'm worried that the self-awareness at Ohio State's sure. going down. And that doesn't just mean titles ball, are coming man. up. Everyone's no. just focus on ball. All right. Love ball. I love Ryan Day's got the whistle on it all the time. Yeah. Could you imagine if he would have said, hurt <laughs> to you in the middle while you're dropping and off I start your kid? chopping my feet in the hallway at a basketball arena. <laughs> oh, yeah. my God. I don't. <laughs> How many until I say we're done? Ryan Day gets the entire city of Columbus to do up-downs at any time. <laughs> That's why he wears the whistle. Fucking walks into the grocery store. You guys got any milk? We're out of milk. All right, fucking chop them. <laughs> you know, that would be fucking amazing. I guarantee you he could get a full Kroger's to do that. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. That's how all in Ohio State is. Congrats to all of them. I wish there was a better representative that had a show every single yeah, day. Yeah, me too. Joining us now is... Hey, a first-time guest. Here, here we, we go. go. Hey, here we go. Come on now. Hey, here we go. History. Here we go. Here we go. Yeah. Uh, been an insider for the NFL, in the NFL for a long time, formerly of ESPN, now with CBS. Emmy Award winning, Josina Anderson. Yeah. Oh. What? You said, okay, we're raising the roof or we lowering the roof. Hey, we're doing it all. Hey, we're very <laughs> thankful you're all. here. How are you? I'm good. I'm thankful for y'all bringing on the black girl swirl on the show. That's what we're doing. And listen, because I don't know if is that a Cuban link necklace you have? Because if I got to fit in, you know, I can I can do I got a big chain too. Look at that. I'm just saying, I can put my hip hop chain on too now. Hey. I'm, just hey, you look- I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Am I am I am I good now? Yeah, you made us immediately much better. I mean, I, I can already tell. I don't know if we have any conversation of substance. You've already made our show better. We appreciate you. you. Hey, we know you're very busy. Thank you for taking time out. We can't wait to chat with you. There's some things cooking here in the NFL with the summer kicking off. Uh, what do you think is the next big story to break? And how do you feel? I mean, you're, we'll, we'll start in Cleveland. You were just there. Is the Baker news going to be the next big news, you think? The Deshaun news? Seems like Cleveland is the focal point of a lot of these offseason convos, Josina. We know you were just there. Well, we know that the league right now prefers to try to get this thing resolved with Deshaun Watson prior to training camp. I mean, I think that's just fair for the Browns to have an idea of who their quarterback is and for everybody in the league to just move on from this because this has just been going on for some time. And I also say that because I got a text, you know, from a league source around the Panther situation who on Friday was telling me that nothing was coming down uh, imminently. But I did hear going into the weekend, I tweeted about this, that per my understanding, you know, there are people from the organization, I'll just leave it at that, kind of looking into Baker's situation, still asking questions relative to the football side and the personal side. And what I mean by that is obviously things that don't have to just do with X's and O's. Josina, how much, uh, like, is there an estimate of how much they're going to have to pick up of his salary for the, the Browns to actually let him go? 
So the last thing I heard, you know, and my understanding is that the Browns are willing to do whatever is fair. And obviously, you know, whatever the interpretation of fair is kind of differs between both teams. But one thing I've been saying, AJ, is that like, and also Pat and everybody else, is that this for me is not really a money thing, right? Because the Browns have 42 million in cap space, the Panthers have 25. And when you're looking at Baker's salary in 18, this is not like something that the Panthers can't afford. To me, this is about principle and about philosophy and what both teams feels like should happen per the situation. So it's not really about affordability. It's about what do I think I should pay because I know eventually you have to get rid of Baker. Uh And from their side is what should we not pay because we know that he's coming there to be a starter. And right now you have quarterbacks that are making upward of 40 million in this league. So when you think about the option amount at 18, that's not really anything, Pat. I mean, that's, that's not really nothing. So this is all about, to me, pride and philosophy off what should happen. But look at this. It's easy to back off of this, right, in May and June when we're all getting ready to do our Nantucket vacations. I'm sure y'all going to the Maldives, the Bees, or wherever the heck y'all going, right? Yeah. Once y'all finish that. But what I'm saying is, is when we get to September, August, or whatever, it's a little harder to play that off. Okay, do you think Baker's going to be on the move for sure? You're, you think that's a done deal? They're going to end up having to figure it out? Well, eventually you have to do it. But I really think a lot of this also comes down to Baker. Like I said, I know for a fact, guys, that the Browns are willing to do what's fair, obviously, right? But you have some kind of mitigating circumstances with Deshaun's situation. And per what I was hearing, you know, because people are like, oh, 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 well, you know, they got to cut him because eventually he has to go. Well, not necessarily one, because everything that I've heard is that why are we going to cut Baker when we have to pay him anyways? So we might as well get something out of it. And that's not just to sit at home with your ball in the sandbox talking about I'm not going to play. Okay, so the Deshaun Watson (laughs) news, you're saying everybody wants it. Everybody wants the news around the NFL. We have kind of learned about the process of how it'll go. The Mm. NFL and the NFLPA will present their case to Sue Robinson, who's Mm -hmm. a former federal judge who's been hired for the first time here as an independent arbitrator because Roger Goodell was judge, jury, and executioner under the previous CBA, and everybody hated it. Now, they added a layer of protection to that narrative by having Sue Robinson here the case and then she'll present a recommendation to Goodell. Goodell inevitably makes a decision in the end. Do you think Goodell already knows what he wants to punish and do you think Sue already knows what she wants to punish? They just have to go through the entire process and what is everybody expecting here, Josina? So, and all right, so a few questions there. You're absolutely right as far as Sue Robinson, right, and jointly appointed by both sides. And she's going to listen to the recommendation from the league. Obviously, Lisa Friel has been leading that investigation. She'll make her determination. Now, one thing I do want to say is that if she determines there's no violation, there's nothing that happens after that. If she determines that there is a violation, either side can appeal. Roger Goodell eventually will come down. He can go up or down with that determination. We expect her, I would say, based on the things that I hear, and that would answer another part of your question, which is the thing that I've heard is, Joe, you know, you have to listen to the history of recommendations. And what do I mean by that? In terms of prior suspensions that have happened. Now, that doesn't mean that every case that has happened in the past, whether it be Ben Roethlisberger, Ezekiel Elliott, Kareem Hunt, 
Antonio Brown is the apples to apples situation, but there's some precedent there as far as discipline occurring. It's not apples to apples. So the person is saying to me that when you look at that, that lays some sort of groundwork. Um, it doesn't mean that I'm like, you know, basically trying to enter a prejudice with regards to Deshaun. But if you're listening to some of the things that you hear, it's a little bit harder to believe that something won't happen. But it's is what it's it's basically what will it be? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, something's going to happen. I feel like we heard from Ian Rappaport that the thought of ju- it just being a fine is really no more. And I think we on the outside of all just assume that, yeah, it's definitely going to be a suspension. How many? And then it'll be Sue's job, I guess, to give the recommendation to Roger Goodell, who then can do whatever the hell he wants. Let's talk about another mm-hmm. Cleveland Brown situation that has happened, right? It feels like Cleveland's part of all this. Odell Beckham Sr., Puts out a video about Odell Beckham Jr. getting fucked over in Cleveland. We going back to Odell. We going back to OBJ. You know, have to, have to. He gets he. Okay. So he's out of Cleveland. He goes to the Rams. Immediately becomes a mm-hmm. superstar again. Immediately wins the Super Bowl. Would have won the MVP. Maybe he stays healthy and healthy during the Super oh, Bowl. Oh, I feel that's no question. Yes, I feel he was on his way. The way he was balling out in the first half to me. It, it was no question, but go ahead. Concur yeah. completely. So now he's yeah. a free agent. He's coming back from a surgery. He's obviously yeah. healing faster than anybody else because he's Odo Beckham Jr. We've heard about him going to McVay's wedding, crashing it, not being invited. We've, we've heard Miles Garrett say, hey, pick up the phone, slime, go back to Cleveland. What is the market for OBJ? And you tweeted, $7 million ain't going to cut it. I, or ain't getting it done. <laughs> Hashtag allegedly. Now, I, I mean, the, I might have had a few conversations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> allegedly. But what yeah, is right. the market? right now for OBJ it has to be everybody wants him or is everybody expecting him not to play for half a season so they're a little bit gun shy well let's just make this clear and I'm not OBJ's agent right but if I were and if I were OBJ and teams are trying to figure out what's happening with my ACL what I'm doing where I want to go all I'm doing is taking out the tape of the first half of the Super Bowl playing that and then hanging up (laughs) and some people I mean and to me and AJ you tell me what you think don't if 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 you see what contribution OBJ made in the Super Bowl, is that not worth? I'm asking you, is that not worth 10 million plus? Just that if you if you're in the postseason, what is that worth to you all? Yeah, if he can continue, like if he can do what he did, yeah, absolutely, and he proves that he's he's back in 100. But what is what do you think his potential deal may look like? Could it be multi year deal? Like what what could it average? It's going to be incentive based, isn't it, Josie? Don't you think every I mean, team that makes that makes sense? Go ahead, go ahead, Pat. No, I was about to say, don't you think every team is going to want it to be incentive based just because of the injury in the Super Bowl? They're going to want high upside, and then he'll just have to go out there and prove it. And will OBJ think that's disrespectful? Well, I can see how that makes sense, right, to include the incentives. But when you get down to the time around maybe when we're expecting that ACL to be healed, whether it be November, December, okay, everything is popping, postseason is, you know, coming on, and we have some attrition happening. Now we've got a few teams that might need a wide receiver. It's the same thing like with the Deshaun situation. People might feel like the five-year 230 is not fair, but when you have competition for your services, it's about what people are willing to pay. So we can talk about what we think the market is until we get there and he's healed and we have some attrition happening, then it is what it is. I mean, me personally, like I said, I'm playing the tape. I'm, I'm turning off the phone. Y'all call me back and figure it out. Because if you're trying to get this ring, ring by by the way, or Richie already has, <laughs> then you tell me what you think that's worth. You see what I'm saying? And, I, and, and let me tell you, okay, I know Pat knows how to negotiate. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. I know Pat knows how to negotiate. Yeah, yeah. So, Pat, 
you know about just letting people know what time it is yeah. okay and then and then letting them come back and letting you know but if the raiders if the ravens if the packers if the rams whoever are all calling then we can get that number up so are those the people that are calling you think in your mind or is it all the teams that need wide receivers you think are in the obj business he's just not ready to make a decision yet i think that this is fair to say because obj put it on his own twitter i think it's fair to wonder uh, if that amount is meeting OBJ's expectations, one, because he's still a free agent, two, because they brought on Allen Robinson, and three, because he intimated it to a certain degree on his own Twitter page, as I try to remain safe there, right? Yes, so I smart. think that that kind of let I think that kind of lets you know, you know, what may or may not be the case. Now I will say this: I was at Super Bowl, I was in the tunnel right after the game when he was sitting on the cart. I saw Leslie come over, gave him a dap, gave him a hug, whispered in his ear, and I felt like I saw this is per my observation, you know, less reassuring OBJ that he was going to be taking care of whatever that meant. Now, obviously nothing is signed yet, but OBJ still has, it's what, June? He still has a while to go in terms of healing that ACL, showing that to the teams. And if I'm him, I'm not trying to sign that anyways. I'm going to let stuff bubble up, percolate, and then let everybody call me. Come to the Colts, OBJ. <laughs> uh, your question. I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying, you know. But I got a, I got a question for you. Come Pat. on. If you're Baker Mayfield, and I think this is one of the topics that we haven't talked about already because I was having a conversation about this with lead sources out there, and I'm curious what you guys think on the show. If you're Baker Mayfield and you know that you have 18.85, whatever it is, 8 million coming to you guaranteed off of this option, but the Browns are sitting on you because they're like, we're paying you anyway. Let's say the, a team like the Panthers are like, well, we want the Browns to pay this ratio. Do you accept a pay cut or some side of restructure to lessen the cap, you know, whatever, uh, uh, hurt for this year, uh, in order to make sure that you get it going, or do you risk possibly having to sit out a year or better yet, you know, coming back to, uh, the Browns. Cause I'll tell you this before you just answer per what my understanding is people understand that there's a perception out there on, on Baker. Okay. And if he sits out and holding his uh, ball in the sandbox, that it could look like that even more. And that's a leverage point. So I'm asking you, what do you do? Yeah. So if I, you know, you got to think about Baker's confidence in himself. So if I'm Baker and I'm incredibly confident, I know that this next year's money isn't going to be my wealth money. My wealth mm -hmm. money is going to come from the deal that I play afterwards. So would I ever tell somebody to say, no, nah, you don't, you're going to get 18 and a half million guaranteed regardless. Do you want to renegotiate down would be terrible business. But if he thinks he's a guy and that's going to be the only way to give him a starting option somewhere, you could see how maybe he would negotiate that. But there's nobody that's going to let him do that, Josina. Nobody's going to let him take less than 18 and a half million, which he's already guaranteed, don't you think? Well, I definitely wouldn't do it. But the other <laughs> fact, no, I know because I want, <laughs> you know, I want all my money. <laughs> everybody does. But yeah, yeah. Everybody wants all their money, right? But, I, but the other factor here is playability. When are you playing? And does that hurt him to sit? Or, and, and, and you know, because here, here's the other thing I understand, like, as far as the Brown situation, if we're paying you, we're going to get something out of you. Okay. People keep talking. Oh, oh, oh you're not gonna play for the Browns. I'm li listen to your girl. 
if they're gonna pay, if they're if they're gonna pay Baker Mayfield, yep. you're not gonna just sit at home yeah. and not get nothing out of it. So what I'm saying is, if it were me, yes, I, I want I want my money. But if it affects me playing, and we got to go on the tape from last year, and I'm not playing, how does that how does that impact my market? Do you think it impacts yeah. teams wanting him next year? Yeah. Pat? Yeah, I understand you what so? you're saying. I understand completely what you're saying. Yeah, there's a lot of the Baker Mayfield situation has become quite a pretzel too because you we saw clips the OBS thing right. Odell mm-hmm. Beckham Sr. putting that clip out, and then nobody, oh, yes. hey, nobody, hey, nobody really fighting it. By the way, yeah, no. nobody really uh-huh. fought. Like nobody in the locker room was like, "Yeah, he's lying" or anything like that. And then there's clips of Baker walking down the sideline after something bad yeah. happened, and nobody talks to him. Not even like the kicker or the punter gives the starting quarterback like a. Hey, it's all right. So something had to have gone completely toxic there. And in the NFL, once you're labeled somebody that's either toxic or a distraction, that shit is with you forever. Like literally forever. So if I'm Baker, I think I'm trying to play and get that taste out of people's mouth as soon as possible, to your point. Even if that involves taking a pay cut? Yeah, I'm not doing that, but Baker, yeah. <laughs> uh, Ty, your question for Josina. Josina, you've been an established yeah. insider for several years now. I'm curious, like, when you first became a reporter, was that always the goal was, hey, I want to be an NFL insider? And also, like, was there ever a, a moment that kind of solidified, like, oh, shit, I actually am an insider? Like, because we know how connected you are with so many people. So that's a really great question. First of all, I was an NBA insider before I was an NFL, but that's going way, way back. I'm not about to age myself, and I know none of you gentlemen about to ask me my age either. <laughs> no, no, okay. that was like five years ago. We remember, yeah. remember? Yeah. 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 That's right. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all years got ago. women in your life. Thank, thank <laughs> be to God on yeah, that. Yeah, LeBron's going to the Lakers. Yeah. 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 yeah, we remember that. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so the answer to your question is, when I used to work in Denver for Fox, I got a tip on Ricky Williams being out for the year when he was the running back for the Dolphins. But at the time I was working for Fox in Denver and back in that era, you know, it was kind of out of the realm to report on a market that wasn't sure. So initially uh. the station, and I, I feel like I could talk about, I don't work there now. We're all good. They didn't want that story initially. And then we had to call Dan Lebetard and, and, you know, cause he was uh, in Miami at the time working for the Herald. My sports director asked him and said, you know, I got this girl. She's saying this, we don't know about this story. And thanks to Lebetard, he wrote about it, gave me credit, oh. and then they ESPN ended up putting me on on cold pieces. This was a long time ago, obviously. No, no, you said and, it, not us. And that's and that's what started it. So I was like, oh, y'all kind of like this uh, NFL insider thing. So let me keep going. And then I think after that, it was Larry Johnson's foot injury keeping him out of the Chiefs for the whole year. Herm Edwards was the coach at that time. People were trying to deny it and play it off. Like, she got it wrong. Who is this little chick in Denver talking about she know this stuff and she don't know nothing about Denver. That ended up being true. So then then it just stacked from there. So that's basically how I got started. That's what it was. That's awesome. Do you ever sit back and say, man, I I got myself in way too deep. I wish I wasn't an insider anymore because it's such a – it seems like it's 24-7. You are on call at all times. 
Well, let me tell you, I mean, you know, the way Adam Schefter and them go about it as far as being on call all the time. I mean, you know, I got to leave time. Pat knows this for my dog, my hair, my nails, all that other stuff. <laughs> I'm not quite 24 seven. I'm more like 20, you know, whatever. But uh, but yeah, it, I mean, it's definitely a lot of commitment. I would say that before, like when I was in Denver, you would have a lot of uh, anxiety about when you first did like major, major stories. I mean, I've done like star caps and things, you know, all these types of major things but now you develop and make sure that's nothing coming on my phone you make sure that there is <laughs> right there's i am expecting a 24 7 right but 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 what i'm saying is now you don't have as as much anxiety because you develop this repertoire of filters in terms of you know deciding if someone's credible if you're gonna put something out you know uh you know what your relationships are so it's a network but i will tell you it doesn't happen overnight you can't just parachute into it so there you go <laughs> a lot of years hey a lot of hard work we appreciate you for the nfl yes. um yes. what are your sources telling you about lamar and kyler so lamar jackson obviously it is his choice not to renegotiate with the baltimore ravens entering the last year of his rookie deal he can still get franchise tagged twice so that'd be three years with like 110 or 115 million dollars basically in guarantees then you'd be able to hit the market if they chose to franchise tag him twice and who knows what the guarantees will be three years from now is he betting on himself or is there a little bit of beef there in the future and what do you expect to happen from that situation and then how much does the kyler situation affect all the other quarterback conversations currently potentially happening so as i told y'all before i keep things relatively simple i just want to say what i would do real quick if i'm lamar i just put deshaun watson's contract on the table and say do about 10 more million in this five more million in this and we're good and then we could just sign so that's just what i would do keep it simple okay but it's lamar when he recently came back to mandatory camp i believe he did say that he was you know talking to uh the costa there in baltimore having conversations that he wanted to be able to have his respite uh, you know, away from the team and just concentrate on on getting ready. He had let people know behind the scenes that he was going to show up. So and 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 John Harbaugh, the head coach and the team. I was down there at the um, at the uh, league meetings in uh, West Palm Beach, where they were continuously telling the media that you know they're ready to engage. So from everything that you obviously you've heard on the record is that Baltimore has been willing. We'll see if something can get done. I believe that it's in Lamar's best interest to go ahead and knock it out, not necessarily try to go the Kirk Cousins route or what have you, just to protect yourself. Um, but I don't have those specifics, you know, and I would say that Lamar is very, very good. And trust me, we dialogue, but it's off the record is very, very, very small, you know, and, and I respect his privacy. I think that he just has his way that he wants to get this done. I think the agents around the league know that, that have tried to, you know, <laughs> represent him, reporters who have tried to get at him um, or what have you. We just got to respect that process and eventually it will trickle out. But I do think it makes sense for him to secure the multi-year contract extension and not play around with any injury or what have you. It worked out for Kirk because he didn't get no major injury, but you can't assure that that will happen for you, Lamar. So if it's me, I would just go ahead and knock it out. 240 million, maybe. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm just saying, hey. yeah, because... I mean, you can you can go ahead and put your reasons out for that. You want to talk about, you know, the situation in Cleveland. You want to talk about inflation. You want to talk about where you see the cap going. You want to do the franchise tag averages on the years coming up. There's all types of reasons why you could you could start there. But yes, I, I basically would just put Deshaun Watson's contract down, say, go ahead and increase on this. Hang up and then call me back. What I mean, do you I, think? I 
So, so what do you think about Kyler Murray then? Kyler Murray's allegedly that deal is about to get done here in the next two mm-hmm. months. Steve mm-hmm. Kime came on the show. He chatted about the timing of the schedule, when those conversations normally take place, as opposed to draft prep. Eric Burkhardt, mm-hmm. who put the tweet out about Kyler's deal needs to get done before the draft or whatever. Do you see mm-hmm. that finishing? What do you think the numbers are going to be for that? Because obviously Kyler has had success. He hasn't won an MVP like Lamar has. I don't think they've won a playoff game since he's got there. So what do you think that's going to be, and how does that deal get done, Josina? Well, I think the fact that you've seen the tone change relative to when I was reporting about it back at Super Bowl, where there are things missing off social media, there are things coming, statements coming or what have you. The fact that you've seen the tone change, you said you had the general manager, Steve Kime, on your show, that lets you know that there's some sort of amicability there that has at least improved with regards to at least talking about it. The other thing when it comes to quarterbacks, I always say, is just like if you got a girlfriend, right? If you want to move on to another girl, that's good. But is she looking better or worse than what you already got? You always got to secure and make sure that if, you, if you're not doing something with Kyler, and this I'm going to tie it back around, who else would be your quarterback? It's always good to talk about what, we do, what we're going to do or what we're not going to do, but what else is the option here? So I think the option is obviously to get it done. You don't want that type of distraction going into the season. I remember going back to the Jets, and this is not necessarily apples to apples because obviously Fitzpatrick is not, the, you know, to me, apples to apples to Kyler, but I'll bring this point up to say that when you allow allow things to linger after they were 10 and 6 with Fitzpatrick I feel like not getting that done basically just ruined the Jets after that for Todd Bowles tenure Mm. I don't think you want to have I don't think you want to have the same thing kind of melt over into this team especially with the pressure put on that you know organization relative to the amount of talent and the type of talent that they have on that team so I think that it will get done I think that the tone shows that they're on track to get it done and as far as you know, you know the amount and stuff like that um you know i i don't i don't i don't have a specific amount on that right now i have to, I, I always like to say what i know and i'd have to talk to a little bit more people behind the scenes before i truthfully give you a number on that hey i respect it i appreciate you stopping by <laughs> we will chit chat yeah. with you soon uh yeah. thank you for wearing the chain thank you yeah. for wearing oh, the you chain know, oh, man you know i'm coming through the bt awards of this sunday i might go so I, <laughs> I think i just go ahead and get it on <laughs> absolute stud ladies and gentlemen Josine anderson thank you yeah. Josine. Today's show is presented by Cash App. Cash App is the only finance app you need, and it's the easiest way to send money to your buddies, and you can buy pieces of Bitcoin or stocks with as little as $1. Oh, you're right. It is going back up. Mm -hmm. For now. Keep an eye out for another Winter Wednesday this week with the winners of last week's giveaways. You're right. Plus, Cash App is working on something big for next week. What? Really? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Stay tuned. Okay. If you aren't on Cash App yet, go use code McAfee for $15 as soon as you sign up. That's code McAfee for a free $15. Terms apply. Mad Dog's got to be in multiple Hall of Fames. Yeah, every Hall of Fame about voices and microphones, I assume he's in. Mm -hmm. Did he win the Heisman? What's that? Of radio? Or no? Hmm? Uh, I don't know. I think that was, I think that was fake. What? What do you mean? What What? do you mean, fake? What are you? What's that? What are you talking about? What? Yeah. Looking back on it, it feels like it was one big marketing ploy. No. It It was a crystal trophy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Like the national championship ball. With the guy's face on it. But then they sold tickets to the thing. Yeah. You know, and probably made that crystal ball ticket money back quickly. Francesa was there, though. That's true. Yeah, the Pope. 
Those yeah, guys don't care about that, real. though. They, they all yeah. only care about being number one in the ratings yeah. at, at the fan. <laughs> 20, he's still going 29 strong, years right? in a row. It's true. Ooh. Is Francesca, and he's still broadcasting? He retired, He's he? got a yeah. podcast now. Oh, he does it? Yeah, not on hit, not on the Mike's On app, his own network, but he's, just, <laughs> he's got a podcast now. I think with Bobby Valentine. Really? Yeah, former uh, GM of the Mets. So he's not on his own platform anymore? I don't think so. People are on that platform, though. I don't believe so. I think. They oh, the platform of, is done. I think oh, they no. kind of. Ah, oh, moment of silence. He still got on. his racehorse though. What was it called? Mike's on. Mike's, Mike's on. on. It's good. It's dead. Mm. We're having a moment of silence for it right now. Takes. Ty, got anything to say about it? I think he's doing okay. Because uh, listen, I got a lot of money for the new podcast. Okay, <laughs> a laughable amount of money. Mike's on was. My introduction to the sports book. Yeah. That was the first was. time I'd ever heard of him. Mm-hmm. Came and ended. Man. So damn quick. What a bummer. Moments passed. Congrats, sports book. Hey, boy, sports book. Thank Francis. Let's answer some phone calls and get the fuck out of here. Let's go to Ed in Pennsylvania. What's going on, Ed? All right, Ed. Hey, hey hello. Hey, Ed. What's going on, Ed? <laughs> Give him my guy hey, half a second. Uh, how you doing? Keep it moving. Had a baby, had yeah. a baby. What part of Pennsylvania are you in? Uh, Harrisburg. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right. Is that a close dump? to Hershey? Yeah. It's capital. It's capital. Uh, yeah, it's dump? like twenty minutes. Kind of. I've never been. I don't think. Yeah, it was nice. I stayed there. Did you what for? Yeah, Hershey. Big thirty three. But Harrisburg. Oh, dump. Nice. oh huh. it was nice. Nice. Shout out to cool. Harrisburg. All right, the capital. People get that wrong. All the time. Capital of Pennsylvania. Philadelphia. Nope. Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Nope. Gettysburg. No. Nope. <laughs> yeah. Harrisburg. What an answer. And what other states have the stupid uh, capitals? Uh, Illinois. New York. Champaign, right? Uh, Springfield, I think. It See, is Springfield, what? yes. Yeah. What, never Home got of that. Abraham Lincoln. Alberta. Hey, there was a song that people were uh, taught in elementary school about the states and the capitals. We didn't have that at our school. What's that all about? Uh, no, just fucking use your brain and memorize it. Fucking <laughs> song for it. It's a good answer. Ohio's got a pretty stupid capital. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Akron? <laughs> nope. Columbus? Columbus? Yeah. Cuyahoga right Columbus. in the heart. That feels like the right move then. Yeah. I would have I guessed Columbus because it is right in the middle of the state, but you calling it stupid maybe go <laughs> right to Akron. Drove through there yesterday. They finally got their eight-year construction done. It was actually very nice. Came straight through. Yeah. Because normally you had to get cut it's, down a lane out of nowhere. Yeah, was, huh. Hey, congrats, wow. Columbus. Hello, Columbus. NIL deals, construction wrapping yeah. up. It's Ohio. on the up and up, the capital of OH. I don't think construction ever wraps up. <laughs> no. He had no. the eye on that one yeah, at least. Yeah. Close. <laughs> uh, what do you want to talk about, uh, Harrisburg native Ed? Hey, so uh, shout out the uh, PMS store. I bought a couple shirts and uh, a Baby Duke, and I already got it, and I ordered it a week ago. So shout out the store. Hey! Let's go! Hey! Shout out CFO Phil over there at the store. Making things happen. We appreciate them. Now, uh, we got an order to the uh, office that was something that we don't even offer in the store Dude, uh-huh. after they ordered from the store, but... I mean, that's going to happen every once in a while. Yeah. Good to know it's operating at peak performance right now. That's right. Way to go. Yeah, How about it? You said it was. Did I? Yeah. You said they got it cleaned up last week, I think you said. Well, see if Phil was working in there, cleaning up and to make it work and all that stuff. We got a. Hey, can uh, you ask Billy? A hey. Velcro hat, though. That oh. We, yeah. Oh, yeah. That we could not sell that showed up. What's that, AJ? <laughs> Wait, you got a hat 
from the website that you don't sell? Yeah. Yeah. Every once in a while, we'll just do a cold order here at the office of the store just to see how the store's operating. And I think it's gone one for seven, maybe, us, <laughs> us ordering from the store. So that might be why I'm so low on the store. Mm. So it's great to hear Ed in Pennsylvania say, hey, no problem. Gone in less than a week. Mm -hmm. That's great news. Yeah. Hey, here we go. Way to go, store. There you go. Hey, my, shirt, so my shirts that I ordered came in all like I got like five of them, I believe. They came in probably within a week. Let's go. Oh, That's good news it. over there to Wall. Huh? That is. That's fantastic. What were you gonna say about Bill? You wanted a question for uh, uh I want to see if if uh I might need to send Bill a few bucks. I think I'm about to open up my own site with a store selling baby belts. I think there's a big market for that, honestly. What the fuck would Bill do? What? Bill would set it up for me and do it all for me. Oh, Bill does YouTube. That doesn't mean he just builds websites for Bill can do anything. Well, I concur. I concur. But right now, he is in a he's coded. Yeah. He's in a rhythm <laughs> here with YouTube. He's already plugged all he's like a Neuralink like Tom Pelissero mm -hmm. right into yeah. YouTube. But if you need some uh what is it? IX? Uh no. Uh, I uh I U I X I X, I -X yeah. for your store. I think we can make it up. You are there yeah. it is, of course. Graphic designers, pal. We got them. Hell yeah. Because I believe okay. the baby belts are I mean, these things are amazing. It's a nice one. Is that what GoDaddy.com is for? To create a website? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but then no, it's to claim your website, isn't it? They give you an engine to make it online. It's very limited what you can do, though. They give you the tools to be your own boss. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> but also buy the website, too. They do that for you, I think. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, the thing about the internet, though, is uh, people just bought up all the names. Mm -hmm. So even if it's your own idea, you're going to have to buy that from somebody else. And GoDaddy helps negotiate that entire process, I do believe, uh. as well. Okay. Yeah, assholes are going to take advantage of a situation, oh, of course, yeah. whenever they can. Pat, yeah, for sure. I had somebody that took patmacfeed.com, and they were like, well, you can obviously make a deal. And I was like, nah, fuck you. <laughs> Not going to do it. It'll be patmacfeedshow.com, I guess. <laughs> See you later. See you later, pal. Con. Don't be holding it over my head. You thought you got me. You did not. <laughs> Ain't that right? So some, does somebody else have patmcafee.com still? Uh, I think it's inactive, but yeah, somebody had it there for a bit. Just somebody waiting. that I know bought it from the person who had it there and was trying to get it to me, and I was stubborn. I was like, nah, don't oh, want don't it. Too late. <laughs> Sorry about it. Sorry. Wait, were they trying to give it to you? Uh, yeah, but it was going to be a whole thing. You know, okay. and I didn't want to do the whole thing. So <laughs> reimburse person for it. And then we just I think we just kept it. It just sat there. Yeah, it worked out. That person who stole it from the beginning still alive. I don't want them to see. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. like, I don't want them to think that I don't want them to benefit off anything we've ever done. Fair. Yeah. No point. Which takes me back to Ant Slant. <laughs> let's go to the phones let's go to RJ in Wyoming RJ oh. what's going on the Cowboys up there Roman Wild yes sir go Pokes go Pokes go Pokes go Pokes go Pokes hey Pat, so just want to let you know not a question just kind of telling you a little story yesterday I took the nephew to um, what is it Summer Summer Stunner in Billings up in Montana Summer Stunner and that I'm looking. He walked out of the arena, okay. walked up to the ring. I was like, all right, who's this guy? He looks really familiar. Looking at him, and it was Austin Theory. Just there. I was like, oh, I recognize the face. Get all right. Work. So I got my buddy and his kid and then my nephew, and we all started chanting, Pat McAfee owns you. Oh, nice. And I even got it up on my phone, put it on my little Snapchat, got the letters big raise it up to him. I don't want to be that guy that's like, oh, he saw me in the crowd. But I definitely think he saw the sign. Yeah. And I just thought it was really cool, and I just wanted to let you know. Hey, I appreciate you and the boys over there, RJ. Hell yeah. Letting him know he's a piece of shit. Yeah. Piece of trash. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he's the United States champion, though, so. He is. 
Let's make sure we respect still. him. Still. Oh, yeah. What do you mean still? He's only getting better and better. His appears. arms are only getting bigger, too. Bigger and bigger. See what happens tonight, though. Lost the flex off. Tonight. Oh, hey, Elias pass. is back tonight. With Ezekiel? Yeah. yeah we don't know. Ezekiel's little brother. We don't know. Together. That should be awesome. Yeah. We don't know if they're together. We don't. Hopefully. Why, why wouldn't they be, though? They should be. I don't know. Look, they're together here. Well, that's a photo. Yeah. What do you yeah, mean? so what that's you, like promoting, hey, these guys, tag team, let's do it. Concert of a lifetime. Yeah. Let's go. Oh, oh God. Think about WWE stands for that first walk <gasps> with Elias. Yeah. He's going to be so loud. Yeah. Oh, my. It's going to be great to have Elias back, isn't it, AJ? It is. So Raw is on USA. SmackDown is on Fox. Mm -hmm. Correct. In interesting how they work all that out. And premium live events are on Peacock. Yeah. Yeah, it's nuts. USA, obviously, owned by the Peacock folks, though. So that's yeah, much more that's aligned than Fox, which is Friday Night SmackDown only. You know what I mean, AJ? Yeah, man. I'm, I'm curious to see how this goes tonight on 8-7 Central on USA Network, how they're going to work this out if both brothers are in the ring together, if they play yeah. a concert together. Maybe they fight each other. I don't know. Yeah, we don't know. I mean, it's Monday Night Raw, 8-7 Central on USA Network, AJ, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Just an ad read for Monday Night Raw. Unreal. That's awesome. All right, let's get out of here. Uh, Hammer down. back. What's that, Pat? <laughs> he, he can still go. Dongo's killing it, by the way. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Always will. I think I retired him. What do you mean? Yeah. What do you mean? I think me. Dongo retires when he wants to retire. All right. <laughs> fair. <laughs> Absolutely fair. I did see him. He was wrestling, I believe, last weekend or two weekends ago. I mean, when is he not? Yeah, I agree. Dongo's always going, isn't he? I mean, I, I heard he already made half a bill flipping houses. Damn. Guy's contractor like Jesus Christ. Beast. Mm -hmm. Better than Jesus Christ, though. Wow. What? Yeah. What? As How? a contractor. As a contractor. Oh. Have you have heard have you heard of anything that Jesus Christ created in the contracting world? No. Actually, no. You don't have like a Jesus Christ uh shelf, no. a Jesus no. Christ no. anything. He was a carpenter. What do you invite? He invite he... Well, yeah, he built stuff. Christmas oh. tree? What do you think a carpenter is? I don't I honestly don't know now. What's the difference between a carpenter and a contractor, then? Oh, let's get out of here. Congrats, Foxy. You just moved up the blue-collar rankings in the office. What? <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're out of here. Uh, Hammer Don will be on uh, in 10, 15 minutes at YouTube.com forward slash Hammer Don. You thought he, like, did carpet? Yeah, like he was laying rugs. There's an N in there. There's an N in there. Oh, okay. You thought Jesus was doing carpet? Yeah. yeah. Back in the day, they had it. Yeah. Laying, laying rugs all over on his knees Bethlehem. <laughs> striking corners. Yeah. Fucking yeah. Common, yeah. common misconceptions. Yeah. yeah it is. Jesus is down there pulling a clip. Yeah. Uh -huh. Fucking get in there. Go get there. these seams yeah. right. Joe showing them the way. Rolling. That's right. That's what he did. Yeah. All right, that's, uh, there's nothing better for this show. Sorry, Tyler in Kansas and Garrett Wilson in uh, Saskatoon, Canada, actually. Let's... Hey, Saskatoon. Saskatoon. Sask Garrett Sasky Wilson line. in Saskatoon. What's going on, Paul? Yo, what up? Thanks for having me on the show, guys. Hey, no hey. problem there. Thanks um, for calling in, you know. Just wanted... Yeah, oh, you know. Just wanted a little uh, feel-good moment here, man. Been a Jets fan for 15 years. They fucking they drafted Garrett Wilson this year. Come on, they just, dreams yeah. come true, boys. Super Bowl. Hey, that's good news. He had oh, no yeah. idea about the Super, uh, Super Bowl. No, no worries, right? Yeah, he didn't know about uh, the rookie I don't know if dinner. It's a little, little, that's fucking blow. 
Oh man, that rookie dinner! Ooh. Oh, oh man. Add, add me to the list, boys. Come on. Hey, let's go, go on, boys. Man. Hey, his name's Garrett Wilson. Drafted a Garrett Wilson. Oh, man. Uh, oh, sweet. Pumped. I think. Yeah, it seemed like that. He missed that whenever he was delivering his line, but I think mm-hmm. he was just assuming that we would obviously put that together, yeah. and we did. That a boy. Hey, thank you for the call, Garrett. Thanks, Garrett. Got your rookie dinner in the CFLs, a couple of loonies and toonies. Yeah. How about the USFL? <laughs> wow. I seen a punt this weekend from a guy named Brock Miller. Okay. Won 75 yards or 85 yards. Yeah, really? that was a bomb. Out of Back the end zone. 85. Bomb. Yes. Absolutely murdered. I think playoffs start next week, maybe. No, this is the last weekend. Yeah, and then they go, then they go playoffs. They're doing playoffs? I Pretty thought it was sure. a round robin the entire season. Yeah, and then they go to uh, Canton, I believe, for the playoffs. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Michael Cole read on Friday night, the last weekend of the USFL, and I said, already? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, it is a Fox product, so. Yeah, mm-hmm. of course. I don't want to bury it. But Brock Miller stole the weekend with a fucking bomb. How yeah. you doing? Keep it moving. There's 24 people live that saw it, but I think – couple hundred thousand people saw it on the internet and that's good hopefully some of these guys get an opportunity to get a job right that's the whole goal of this mm-hmm. uh, spring league yeah hopefully some of them well some of them definitely will get into a camp yeah hopefully some of them make the team and actually make an impact and then we can talk about oh hey this dude was just in the usfl a couple months ago how many guys out of the xfl that would be a number uh, heineke tayamu Te- uh, yeah but like number wise is it like, like of all time four or is it like 10 is you it 15 yeah, that's way back. Yeah. Talking about the most recent XFL. PJ the most recent one, how many games did they play? Less than 10. Four? Five? It was, yeah, very few. And then COVID hit the Nacho stand in Seattle Dragons. Uh-huh. That's right. It was only quarterbacks, right? Yeah. It was just those four. No, because there was that one DB for, from West Virginia. I think he... Heading into the final weekend of the regular season, there were 15 players who played in the XFL in 2020 that were on active NFL roster. Okay, wow. 15. Wow. That's awesome. Three more on injury reserve. 18. There you go. 18. There we go. 18 out of the whole league. The XFL had a lot more success than the USFL did, I believe. Uh, So maybe maybe another 15, 20 guys get an opportunity to live their NFL dreams in life and continue to play football for a profession. So maybe USFL doing good stuff. Is that right, AJ? Doing great stuff. Hey, more football is always good, I think. Hell yeah. Mm. I'm not saying I've watched any, but I'm just saying more football is good. Concur. It's better than watching nothing. Boom. Yeah. And when there's nothing else on TV, USFL's on, we'll watch because the sport of football is so damn yeah. good. So thank you for your service in the heat of Birmingham, Alabama, playing all the footballs so that maybe one day you could get into the NFL and we can't wait for the playoffs in Canton, Ohio. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Fifth is when they start. Let's go. Over there, Ohio. Hey, Ohio will show up for the Birmingham Boilers, right? Oh, yeah. No question. Yeah, they'll be there. What, what's its seat? 80,000? Okay. Canton's yeah. like 30, I think, isn't it? Actually. Get on high school. Teams. Yeah, they play high school there. Uh, it's like, yeah, maybe? 30. Are you being facetious? What? That you know, 80,000. Stadium. It's a high school stadium. No, but that 80,000 comment, what was that? Oh, no. I mean, yeah, what is it, 30? Okay. Are you going? Uh, when is it again? June 25th. 25th. Oh, that's coming up. That's right around the corner. Right around yeah. the corner. Need yeah. 23,000 people to go watch that. That's Let's how many go. seats are in Canton. Just found out through the year. Huh? Bobby, General Bob might be going. Maybe I'll hit your ride. That guy's boozing every weekend. Yeah. yeah. He is everywhere. I've never seen – how old is he, 40 what? He's 38. He'll be 39 soon. 38, completely yoked, Trey. like 4% body fat, boozing every weekend. Yeah. He is an anomaly, that guy. He is unbelievable. I'm living vicariously through him some of these days.
No, Bob is he is awesome. I I, <laughs> I saw Bob a few days ago. Yeah, he's the man. Yeah, he's probably that was probably day three of him going. He is a nonstop. His engine and competitive stamina when it comes to good times is untouchable. I believe AJ. He is. He actually real quick before I know we're getting out of here. I actually have to. I got to take off. I'm not going to be here tomorrow. Oh, but yeah. uh, Bob Bob kills me. We were at, we met him up. We met him for a quick dinner basically. And before Bob had some weird like. Order some specialty drink that they have on the menu. That they, oh, I got to try this, of course. And then his, there's a guy comes back. Oh, do you want another one? He's like, um, give me a Sauvignon Blanc, and he orders that. And I was like, what? What are you doing, Bob? And then he just he goes through the different kinds. I'm like, what's next? Pinot Noir, and then you're gonna go to Bailey. Like he he has no he doesn't care about anything. He wants to mix all of those booze together in his stomach and feel great about it. I don't know how he doesn't get terrible uh, hangovers. Yeah. And how his hangovers haven't stopped him from continuing to drink. But I think his perseverance is one that all of us say, good on you, Bob. Good on you, Bob. Uh, Hammer Downs in 10, 15 minutes. We'll be back tomorrow with a much better show. The guest tomorrow. Oh, To the brim. Thank you to Shams for stopping by. D-Butt, Josina, AJ, all the boys in the back. Great show. See you guys tomorrow. Goodbye.